This is Motor Racing Network Classics, presented by MRN. And a good, good day, ladies and gentlemen, from Michigan International Speedway. Motor Racing Network is bringing you the champion spark plug 400-mile Grand National Winston Cup stock car race today. Let's take a look at the starting grid for one of the most competitive races that's run anywhere in the world. This 400-mile race, now known as the champion spark plug 400, on a two-mile D-shaped track here in Brooklyn, Michigan, and the Irish Hills. In the 36th position, from Brownsville, New York, the handy racing Chevrolet of Dick Brown. Starting 35th, or rather of Dick May, starting 36th. In 35th, from Christiansburg, Virginia, it'll be Jabe Thomas. He is driving a Chevrolet as well today. Starting in the 34th position. Outside of the 17th row, from Indianapolis, Indiana, the Opal Truck Stop Chevrolet of Bruce Jacoby. In the 33rd position is Farrell Harris, the rookie from Pikeville, Kentucky, in a Dodge. Starting 32nd, the Kava Coffee Car of Earl Canavan of Fort Johnson, New York, a Dodge at 150 miles per hour for the race. And the rear cars in the field were all in the 150-146 bracket. Going 31st from Charlotte, North Carolina, in the Langley Racing Ford Elmo Langley, number 64. Starting 30th will be Harold Miller of Emerson, Georgia, in the Miller Racing Chevrolet. Going 29th from Martinsville, Virginia, number 67, Buddy Arrington in a Plymouth. Starting 28th, car number 40 from Charlotte, North Carolina, D.K. Ulrich, and he is driving a Chevy. In the 27th position from Chattanooga, Tennessee, it's Grant Adcox in a Chevrolet. 26 is Carl Adams, the former sprint car giant of California. He is from San Diego in the Travelodge Ford. Going 25th is Terry Bibbins of Shawnee, Kansas in the Moyer Chevrolet. The 24th position from Houston, Texas, Walter Ballard Chevrolet. 23rd from Daytona Beach, Florida, Richie Panch, the Gray Rock Brakes Chevrolet. 22nd is J.D. McDuffie of Sanford, North Carolina, the Glen Landscaping Chevrolet. 21st will be Dave Marcus, and note this. He's one of the fast qualifiers, but did not make the field in the first period of qualifying. So Marcus in the K&K Dodge will start 21st on the grid today. Going 20th will be Ed Negree of Kelso, Washington, the 10,000 speed equipment Dodge. The 19th position is the Dodge of Frank Warren. The 18th position from Nashville, Tennessee, the reliable plumbing Chevrolet for David Sisko. Starting 17th from Rome, Georgia, the Belden asphalt car of Henley Gray. 16th on the field is the second Belden asphalt car from Asheville, North Carolina, number 7, Dean Dalton's Ford. The 15th position from Winston-Salem, North Carolina, number 96, Richard Childress. Going 14th from Topeka, Kansas, an outstanding rookie driver, Bruce Hill in the Dixie 500 Chevrolet. In the 13th position is James Hilton of Inman, South Carolina, the Nitro 9 Chevrolet. 12th is Cecil Gordon, Horseshoe, North Carolina, Stott Motor Chevy. The 11th position is number 80. Darrell Waltrip, Franklin, Tennessee, Terminal Transport Chevy. Going 10th is number 72 from Ellaby, North Carolina, and Detroit, Benny Parsons, the King's Row Fireplace Chevrolet. The ninth position is young Jackie Rogers of Wilmington, North Carolina, the Lou Viglione Racing Chevrolet, number 60. Then going 8th is number 11, Cale Yarborough, Timmonsville, South Carolina, in the Holly Farm Chevrolet. Starting 7th on the field is car number 90, Dick Brooks, after that amazing 1,000-foot end-over-end crash last week. Brooks is back with another one of the truck's more industries automobiles. 
starting six on the field in car number 14 from Columbia, Tennessee, Cuckoo Marlin. The Cunningham Kelly Chevrolet. The fifth position is the American Motors Matador at 157.909 for one trip around this track, Bobby Allison. There's the command to fire the engine, starting fourth. Car number 43 from Randall, North Carolina, the STP Dodge of Richard Petty. Flanking him on the inside of row two. Qualifying the fastest Chevrolet here at 159.091. The Foyt Gilmore car from Houston, Texas, A.J. Foyt. The front row, last week's winner, the Talladega 500, the Bud Moore engineering car. The driver from Charlotte, North Carolina, Buddy Baker. And on the pole, the man who is almost unbeatable on this speedway in the Pure Later Mercury from Spartanburg, South Carolina, three-time Grand National Champion, won the first race here in 1969 when it was then 600 miles and has won two other times. Three out of the past six events have belonged to the Silver Fox, David Pearson, who's on the pole at 159.798. Field is rolling. We're getting ready for a start. The champion spark plug 400 moves down at a turn number four. America's premier racing drivers are just about 400 feet away from a start. And they are under green. On the break, going into turn number one, they stack them three deep. Petty tries the outside, cannot get through. They're four deep, going into turn one. And the lead belongs to Buddy Baker. Buddy Baker coming off the outside of row one, jumps into the lead, moving to the inside and taking over the second spot, running doorpost to doorpost is A.J. Boyd. Settling back into third spot as they come off turn two is the Silver Fox, David Pearson. Then it's Petty and Bobby Allison as they go hurtling down the back stretch for the first time. Here comes Pearson. Down on the inside goes David Pearson. They're three deep as they move into turn number three. It is Pearson down on the inside. Foyt in the middle, and on the outside is Buddy Baker. Now, A.J. Foyt shoots the Gilmore Chevrolet back up front, but only momentarily. Here comes Pearson back down to the inside. It is the Pure Lady Mercury out front. Foyt's back in second. Baker is third. And there's a five-car draft heading for the start-finish line with Pearson out front. Car number 71 has moved into 13th position. Moving up from 21st to 13th comes David Marcus in the 71 as he stays with the draft. As they, go, down. as they go down into turn one. David Pearson winning lap one right on his rear deck is A.J. Foyt down to the inside of Foyt running in the second spot now as he wedges a fender out front is Buddy Baker. So it's Pearson, Baker, A.J. Foyt, Richard Petty riding in the third spot and Bobby Allison is in fourth place with Cale Yarbrough moving up to tack onto the back of the draft. Foyt likes to dice with his NASCAR drivers. He's getting his hands full right now. He's just moved around Baker again back into the number two spot. It is Pearson out front. Foyt back in second. Baker third. Petty fourth. Allison is fifth. In sixth position is Cale Yarbrough. Seventh right Right now is Dick Brooks. The field out of turn number four. It is still Pearson. Behind that seventh place in eighth is car number 88, Daryl Waltrip. Then in ninth is Benny Parsons. Tenth is Cuckoo Marlin. Eleventh is Cecil Gordon. Going to twelfth is car number 71, Dave Marcus from that 21st position at turn one. They go snaking down into turn one, single file, and just as they hit the entrance to the turn, Foyt ducks to the inside, takes the lead away from David Pearson. Six cars running nose to tail. A.J. Foyt the leader. David Pearson running in the second spot. Then it's Baker, Petty, Allison, and in sixth spot is Cale Yarborough. Pearson and Foyt keep that dice going as they move to turn number three. Foyt moves out front. One car length. Pearson made a move on the inside. He's back two car lengths behind now. Still in third spot is Baker. Back and forth is Richard Petty as they jockey back and forth those front four. Out of turn number four. Door to door come Pearson and Foyt. Richard Petty has moved all the way to the outside in a confrontation with Buddy Baker for second place and it's exactly dead heat at the end of lap number three 
between the two leaders who are David Pearson on the inside and A.J. Foyt on the outside. Now Foyt sweeps to the lead at turn one. That was all guts as they dived out into turn one. Foyt left the hammer down just a little bit longer and he's opened up a four-car separation over David Pearson, the second-place runner. Petty moves up into third spot right on Pearson's rear deck and then we've got a three-car tangle for the fourth, fifth, and sixth positions. Six cars jockey up front for that number one slot as they hit turn number three again. It is Foyt and this time he has opened up a healthy separation on David Pearson. He is six, seven car lengths ahead of Pearson in the number four quarter. It is still Foyt out front. Pearson in back. Then rides Richard Petty in third position. Allison is fourth. Cale Yarbrough's fifth. Out of the corner and Foyt has opened up some separation. Buddy Baker is running in the sixth position. In seventh is Richard Brooks. Going eighth is Darrell Waltrip. To ninth Cuckoo Marlin. Tenth is Benny Parsons. And up to eleventh comes car number 71, Dave Marcus. Marcus is challenging for tenth position in the first turn. As they go into turn one, Dave Marcus has moved solidly into the tenth spot and he is just at the tail end of the lead draft. He can hook up with the leaders very easily as they go down the back chute where A.J. Boyd continues to lead a six-car freight train. Dave Marcus is really knocking off automobiles. He has clicked off 11 in four laps. He continues to move on the leaders. Meanwhile, in turn number three, it is still Boyd out front, Pearson second, Petty third, Allison is fourth, Cale Yarborough is in fifth position, Baker rides in sixth spot. They string it out. The race stabilizes, but only for a moment. Here comes Pearson down on the inside. David Pearson shoves the Mercury to the bottom of the racetrack, and it's wheel-to-wheel with the A.J. Boyd Chevrolet. They're a dead heat across the line once again as they complete lap number five and go into that first turn with Marcus lifting over ninth position. They get out of the throttle just momentarily, and once again, Boyd uses that opportunity to shove it in a little deeper and open up the separation, but this time he takes Richard Petty with him. Petty, following the Boyd draft, moves up into second spot. That drops David Pearson back to third. Now here comes Bobby Allison challenging in fourth position. Cale Yarborough is on his deck, and Buddy Baker is sixth. New faces beginning to emerge up in the front now. It is Richard Petty's STP Dodge right on the tail of A.J. Foyt, who's in the lead. Back in third spot is Pearson. Fourth is Allison. Fifth is still Cale Yarborough. But Foyt, showing expri- an extreme amount of strength in the early laps, comes out of turn number four. Richard Petty really puts the pressure on him. Here comes Marcus. Once again, he's moving for the eighth position, challenging Cuckoo Marlin for eight. Meanwhile, up in front, Petty looks like he's ready to take a nod at the lead. Petty goes all the way to the wall trying to set up point. We've got $4 million worth of race drivers in the front two positions. The only $2 million winners in history are running one-two. A.J. Boyd leading, and right behind him is Richard Petty. David Pearson continues to run in the third spot. Buddy Baker and Bobby Allison side-by-side side in the race for fifth place as they go down the back chute. As of yet, Richard Petty has not made a move on Boyd other than just tuck in under his bumper in the corners. They move into turn number three. Now Petty comes down to the inside. He moves up alongside, just gets a fender inside Boyd. Boyd gets a little high in the corner, and Petty takes advantage. And now Richard Petty has the front fender up alongside. He drops back out of the corner. A blown engine in turn number three. One car sideways up toward the wall. It looks like Jackie Rogers in car number 60 at turn three. It's Jackie Rogers, Candy popped an engine just coming into the corner. A couple of cars just narrowly missed him. He skidded up into the wall, just barely brushed it lightly. He's still sitting up there, but nobody got into him back to the tower. The first caution period of the race comes in lap number seven. Napa! Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shins that eliminate noise for the life of the pad, rubber-coated hardware for a better fit, and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide.
Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with Zone Nicotine Pouches. We're ready on a restart with 12 laps complete. They're working the 13th at the present time. Number 28, the Gilmore Broadcasting Car of A.J. Boyd in front, Richard Petty in second. Two six-time national champions ready to go at it. Chevrolet and Dodge for the lead. The green is unfurled by John Bruner, Jr. And at Michigan International Speedway, they stand on it. And Richard Petty pulls right up on the rear bumper of A.J. Boyd into turn one. Petty literally pushes A.J. Boyd into turn one, tucks right up under that rear deck. Boyd holds the lead. Petty rides in the second spot. The big charge on lap one of the restart being made by Bobby Allison, who jumps into third position. Riding in the fourth spot is David Pearson. Fifth is Cale Yarborough. Sixth is Buddy Baker, and it's a sextet of Wiley veterans up front as they go down the back chute. Point leads him down the back chute, goes for turn number three, and Richard Petty is now five car lengths back. Dave Marcus was trying to knock off Dick Brooks as they came down the back stretch, move up on the leaders. He goes to the inside as they hit turn three, and there's a real battle going on back there as Marcus works his way up on the leaders. Meanwhile, here comes Richard Petty down to the bottom of the speedway, looking for a way around A.J. Foyt. I don't think he's going to do it this time. So they stay 1-2 with third spot Allison, fourth Pearson, fifth Kaylee Arborough, sixth Buddy Baker, seventh car number 90, Richard Brooks, and up to eight moves number 71, Marcus, and there's Marcus now challenging again. Marcus they, against Richard Brooks at turn one. As they move down into turn one, and Marcus cannot get the job done. Brooks comes down off the high side of the racetrack and closes the door on Dave Marcus, but Brooks and Marcus are definitely moving up to tack onto the end of the tail draft, which is now being led by A.J. Foy. Six car, single file draft as they move to turn three, and this time back in the pack, here comes Marcus again, putting the charge on Dick Brooks, trying to get around and get up in those front runners. It is still Foyt out front, Petty second, Bobby Allison in third, back and forth is, is David Pearson in fifth, Cale Yarborough, and sixth is Buddy Baker. Out of the corner, still single file, Ken Squire. Then in six, half a second back, or rather seventh half a second back, is car number 90. That's Richard Brooks in eight, number 71, David Pearson, then in ninth is Cuckoo Marlin. Again, number 71 goes to the bottom of the racetrack, and Marcus goes underneath Richard Brooks at turn one. Almost a carbon copy of the last lap, but this time it looks like Marcus may get the job done. He's got the inside line on Brooks. Here comes Brooks storming back around the outside. They hit the exit of turn two, and they are side by side. It's a drag race down the back chute. Marcus and Brooks are nose and nose. That's the battle all the fans are watching here now. Here goes Marcus on down underneath Brooks, and this time he's got him as Dave Marcus has moved into seventh position, works his way up on the front rudder. Still Foyt leading Petty out of turn number four. Allison is back in third spot. Still in fourth is Pearson. The Harry Hyde chief automobile number 71 is up there to seventh position and leading a three-car draft with Brooks directly behind him and tagging along Cuckoo Marlin in the ninth position. Tenth is Waltrip. Eleventh is Cecil Gordon as they work in the 17th lap here today of a 200 lap, 400 mile, $100,000 race for Grand National Stock Cars. In front, Chevrolet with A.J. Boyd. Second, Dodge, Richard Petty and the American Motors Matador rests in third on the backstretch, whipping down into turn three at 175 miles per hour. To Barney Hall. 
Richard Petty, Ken, is surprisingly staying up there. Usually Petty likes to ride back in third or fourth spot, somewhere back in the pack and just kind of watch things develop in the early stages, but he's keeping Foyt right in, in his sights. He's been no less than two car lengths back, and that's the way they hit the start finish line. As the field moves back into turn number one, car number 15, here's Baker crawling back up there once again. He looks like he's going to try to go through those front five automobiles. That late sextet has been content to run single file for a couple of laps. Oh, an engine going down in turn one. We've got a car sideways up against the steel retaining wall. Here he comes right back through traffic. Cars go every which way so far. Everybody is by. It's Cuckoo Marlin's machine. Cuckoo Marlin is resting on the apron, and everybody else got by Ken Squire. Cuckoo Marlin's number 14 across the speedway and bouncing into the outside retaining wall. Let's go back to turn one. Marlin's car let go just at the midpoint between turn one and turn two. The car came sideways, smoke boiling off the tires. A lot of traffic directly behind Cuckoo in that number 14 Cunningham Kelly Chevrolet as the car went skating and slithering up the concrete headed for the outside wall. He backed into the wall and has sustained severe damage on the back end of the car, then came back down across traffic. And believe me, it was like a break on the billiard table with cars going every which direction. Everybody got by safely. Now back to radio control. So we're in the second caution period of the day as all of the leaders pull on pit row. Well, here at the Michigan International Speedway, under a strange set of circumstances, a hard crash by Cuckoo Marlin, number 71, Dave Marcus, who started dead in the 21st position. And that's pretty far back. Finds himself now running in first place. As all the leaders pitted, Marcus elects to stay on the track. And the fence at turn one and two has really been rumpled by Cuckoo Marlin as he backed into the fence hard at turn number one and two. The safety crews are down there with the fence at the present time. And let's get a further report from Dave Despain. It's a little hard to tell from this vantage point which is more rumpled, Ken, that crash wall on the outside or the back end of the Cunningham Kelly Chevrolet. You can see the black snake-like tracks going directly up into that wall at a very severe angle. And boy, when he hit it, he punched a hole in it. There is debris on the racetrack from the race car and the wall, and that's being cleaned up now by the safety crews. The speedy dry is down in turn one where that Chevrolet engine first let go. Marlon's car is on the apron, and the safety crews are at work to get us back to racing. Now back to you. Ken Squire. So with 20 laps, 40 miles complete, the leader shows car number 71, Marcus. From outdoor care to home and auto repair, do it with Craftsman. Find the tools, equipment, and storage you need at your local Lowe's, Ace Hardware, or Craftsman.com. Kyle Larson brings his Chevy in four tires to no-go racing fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's back here for Ryan Blaney. Four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. So on the backstretch, Ed Negree from Kelso, Washington is front. He's leading. Petty took on inside tires just now and is back on the speedway. Richard Petty taking on inside tires on his automobile. 
Allison beat A.J. Foy out of the pits and a little competition they had going. And we're just about set to put this race back under green, Johnny Rutherford. Here comes the field, storming down out of the corner. Edna Gray is the 29th driver to lead in 1975 in Winston competition. And here they come, bustling, bombarding, barreling down out of turn four. A classic start, and it's Edna Gray to lead this lap of the correction. It'll be Henley Gray. Edna Gray dropping back. Gray drops back, and it is Henley Gray's number 19 in first place going to turn one. As they dive in, Henley Gray moves down low on the racetrack, and up high on the outside and charging comes the Coca-Cola Matador. It's Bobby Allison at the controls, and he's up to fourth place on the racetrack. Right behind him is Dave Marcus. The field comes thundering around, and all those early leaders are trying to work their way through traffic as Henley Gray gets an unusual opportunity to lead them down the chute. Heavy traffic down the backstretch with Henley Gray leading the field, but working up through slower traffic comes Bobby Allison on the outside. He has moved up into third position. He is right behind Richie Panch. They hit turn number four. Allison works his way toward the front of the pack, but Henley Gray is still leading as David Pearson, Richard Petty, and the rest of the front runners try to get back up front. Here they come to you, Ken Squire. Henley Gray in the lead. Here comes Richie Pench on the outside. A.J. Boyd. There's four cars side by side in turn one. They go in four deep. The two leaders on the inside. A.J. Boyd and Bobby Allison. And they just stuffed it underneath Henley Gray. My goodness, it had to be a scary moment for him. They just about took the doors off that car. A.J. Boyd takes the lead. Bobby Allison moves up into second spot now on the outside. Here comes David Pearson. Pearson has moved up to fourth and dragging along in his draft comes Buddy Baker. Same situation before we had the caution flag as these front runners try to get it all together back up in turn number three. It is A.J. Foyt riding out front of the Gilmore Chevrolet. Bobby Allison in the Coke Matador is in second position. Richie Panch follows him, and right behind that comes David Pearson and Buddy Baker. As they work their way out of turn four, it is still Foyt out front. Coming by to complete 42 of the 200 laps with Foyt in front by 10 car lengths over Allison in second. Then in third comes David Pearson. Buddy Baker moves to fourth. Pearson and Buddy Baker have linked up in a nose to tail draft. There's a good separation between the Allison Matador and the third place car of David Pearson. So Pearson and Baker are going to link up in that draft and try to get back up there on top of the leaders. The margin first to second is four car lengths as A.J. Foyt leads him down the back chute. The Matador of Allison second. Pearson is third. Baker is fourth. A.J. Foyt, who says there's only one place to be on the speedway, and that's leading the pack. That's what he does as he hits turn three. But Allison, four car lengths back, looks in his mirror, sees David Pearson closing on the front two. And right behind Pearson comes Buddy Baker. A two-car draft up front, 10 or 12 car lengths back come Pearson and Baker. Out of turn number four, still Foyt and Allison. Fantastic automobile racing as A.J. Foyt goes right almost to the grass, coming across the start-finish line, Johnny Rutherford, taking a real strange line through the crescent. Yes, Ken, uh, A.J.'s good at that. He likes to run very low here through the dog leg of this racetrack and uh, try to gain some advantage. You know, you can try to shake another car off of your draft if you move all over the racetrack. And if we could see on the back stretch, you'd probably see some S patterns down the back stretch at times when cars try to fall in behind you. You make a dive for the inside, then you move back to the outside and try to shake up the draft a little bit so they can't hang on. So when you see AJ moving down like that, it was either to maneuver traffic. In that particular instance, it was uh, he was trying to pull Edna Gree's uh, draft down the front here to get a little advantage and try to pull him away from Bobby Allison. Well, that's one of the great mysteries that the stock car drivers never like to talk about is how they break a draft off from another car. We'll get back with Johnny Rutherford on that subject a little later. Right now in turn number one, Foyt has pulled away by 20 car lengths over second place runner Bobby Allison. Now here is the 40 lap, 80 mile rundown. 
at 40 laps, 80 miles. It was then 19, Henley Gray leading with 05, Cisco in second, Richie Panch in third. The 01, Earl Canavan was in fourth. Going fifth was the number 63 car of Terry Bivens. Going in the sixth position was number 91, and the driver there is the Harold Miller driver. In the seventh position was car number 16, Allison, and eighth was Childress, ninth was the Foyt car, and tenth was David Sisko, and that has changed rapidly here because at lap 45, we have Foyt in front, Allison in second, and a two-car draft. David Pearson and... Buddy Baker, running third and fourth, are about to overlap or overhaul, not overlap, but overhaul, Bobby Allison running in the second position. Allison in second, trailing the leader, A.J. Foyt, by 20 car lengths out of turn two. As they go down the back chute, by whatever technique, Foyt did manage to break the draft of Bobby Allison, and he's opened up a 100-yard advantage. Pearson and Baker are definitely closing on the Matador to make that a three-car draft as they move into three. This is kind of a surprise for Foyt to run out front. He has broken the draft. Allison is now 15 car lengths back, and Foyt must have some tremendous strength in that Chevrolet to pull away from the field that far. But closing on him now again as they come out of turn number four is Allison, Pearson, and Buddy Baker. Running to fifth position is Kaylee Arborough in 11th. In the sixth position, Benny Parsons closed an engine. Parsons exploding an engine as they go down into turn one. Great straight behind him on his rear bumper was Richard Petty, who jammed his car down to the inside of the racetrack to get out of the oil or debris, which might come back up through and take the radiator out of the STP Dodge. A bad moment as Benny Parsons in the Kings Row Fireplace car erupts an engine right at the start-finish line in one of the fastest places on the Michigan International Speedway. And there is a potential shower backed up a few miles away, so they are trying to move this race along, but... Today, the fates are working again it as car number 72, Benny Parsons, who blew the engine right here in the start-finish line, has coasted all around the speedway. It looks to me like he may be under power, but he still has some power going as he comes down on pit road. And the 1975 Daytona 500-mile champion, 1973 Grand National champion, takes the Kings Row Fireplace Chevrolet back to the garage area. A wash of sound rippling down out of turn numbers three and four. The green is out, and the champion spark plug 400 at Brooklyn, Michigan, is back underway. This $100,000 Winston Cup Grand National Stock Car Race sees a full Oklahoma land rush down into turn number one, led by Supertex AJ Boyd in the Gilmore Broadcasting Chevrolet. And guess who's right on his tail? It's David Marcus, who's been up and back and up and back, and right now is door post to door post with the leader. Those two brilliant red racing machines come off turn two, point the leaders, and running in the second spot, Dave Marcus in the number 71 Dodge. They go down the back stretch as the rest of the leaders try to get through traffic. Point shows amazing strength again as he broke the draft coming out of the number four corner, took the lead down the back stretch. He's being chased right now by Dave Marcus, and there was just a wisp of smoke from Marcus's car as he went into turn number one that last time around. It is still Foyt. He is eight car lengths ahead of Marcus. Up in third spot moves Dick Brooks. Back and forth right now is David Sisko. The field moves back to the start-finish line. Bounding up to the field come Richard Petty, the 
21 car of Pearson and Cale Yarborough as well as Allison. They were way back tailgating, and now they're slicing through competition, trying to overhaul the leaders. It's Cambridge Junction shuffle time down there at turn one as those four cars that were among the early leaders cut through traffic, and they're back eight or nine positions. Petty is leading the way with Pearson right behind him. Then comes Bobby Allison, then Cale Yarborough, and they are running four deep as they come down the back chute up front. A.J. Foyt is leading it. Something is wrong with the K&K car. Marcus falling back through the field as they swing by him down the back stretch. Marcus way off the pace down on the bottom of the apron. He will be heading for the pits. Meanwhile, Foyt is out front. Dick Brooks has moved into second spot. David Sisko is still your third place car. Richie Panch is fourth as they move out of the corner. The K&K number 71 is slowing down. It's going to come out of pit road. Dave Marcus is in trouble. Here's Marcus's car pulling down on a pit road number 71. Meanwhile, Allison, Yarborough, Baker, Waltrip are thundering up from the rear of the field. Moving on those leaders who continue to be A.J. Foyt in first and Porterville, California's Richard Brooks victimized by a 13-time end-over-end 190-mile-per-hour crash a week ago is back here running a backup car, a short-track car, and the Trucksmore Industries number 90 with Brooksy is now in second place at turn three. Ken, this is unreal. Foyt has opened up at least a two, maybe three-second separation on everybody back in the field, and he's continuing to pull away from Dick Brooks. He comes out of the corner, and can you believe this car is running this strong? Marcus is pitted and back on the track in 18 and a half seconds. He is back underway. He did not lose a lap as he comes out, although A.J. is about to try and put a lap on him in turn one. As they move into turn one, Boyd comes storming up behind the Harry Hyde-built car of Dave Marcus. Marcus put right side tires and gas in the automobile. It looked like a routine stop. The hood tints did not come out, and he's back up to racing speed, but A.J. Boyd is bearing down on him, trying to put him a lap down. That sounds as if car number 71 may have had a tire equalized out there, as if something went wrong and a tire change on car number 71, and they had to come in and change rubber around. Here's Marcus staying in front of car number 28, Foyt, but he is running on the tail end of the lead lap. Meanwhile, in second is Richard Petty. He's come by Richard Brooks, who drops to third. Leader is there. Car number 28. Second place car is now number 43. And Petty trails the leader by four and three ten seconds into the first turn. As they go stuffing it down into the first turn, Richard Petty running in second spot takes it all the way out to the wall, then turns left and begins to open up a separation over Richard Brooks. David Pearson content for the moment to run on Brooks tail, and right behind him is Bobby Allison. They come off turn two. Pearson looks to the inside and moves up on the rear deck of Brooks, attempting possibly to make the move to take him into third spot. Brooks dropped the chase on Ford as they go down the back stretch. Now Richard Petty takes it up. Petty about three seconds back, and he doesn't seem to be making much ground on A.J. as he comes into turn number four. Meanwhile, a shuffle back in third position. The pure later Mercury of David Pearson just moves up to third spot. Brooks is in fourth position. Bobby Allison back in fifth. Going six is Cale Yarborough's Holly Farms Valvoline, car number 11. And running in the seventh position is car number 05, David Sisko. Eighth is Baker. Running ninth is Bruce Hill. Tenth is Richie Panch. Eleventh is... Darrell Waltrip, and in 12th is Richard Childress with 13th Bruce Jacoby, 14th Dean Dalton, 15th Henley Gray, 16th is Cecil Gordon, and 17th is Walter Ballard. That's now with 57 laps complete as they stream by and everybody pretty much in that lead lap because of that lengthy stay under caution. Meanwhile, up in turn number one, AJ, or the turn number three, AJ Foyt is tr- attempting to overhaul car number 71 
wanted Dave Marcus and put him a lap down. A.J. Foyt continues to extend his lead as he works the 60th lap here. He now has a 3 and 8 10 second advantage over car number 43, Richard Petty, in the second position. But there's a change in third position. Coming out of turn number 2 and down the back stretch, car number 16, Allison, finds himself in second, being challenged by the Silver Fox. David Pearson running in third. Ed Negree is back on pit road, as is Earl Canavan's car. The hood is up on number 01 Canavan. Out of turn number four. Here comes Pearson down to the inside. Foyt stays in front. Common during this race by a good margin. He's put a lap on Dave Marcus. That third place battle is the story right now. In third position, it is a war between the American Motors Matador, number 16, and David Pearson, number 21, as they go to turn one. We've seen these two superstars battling so many times before, and here they are again with Bobby Allison running up high on the groove, sitting in third spot. The Silver Fox, David Pearson, is down one racing lane below him, riding in fourth. Pearson contends that time to follow him around. Now he closes up the separation and gets right on the rear deck as they go toward turn three. Pearson just literally pushes him into the corner, then backs off, opens up about a car separation as they get into the number three corner. But Pearson's not taking any chances, waiting to make his move. Meanwhile, Richard Petty now moving around Dave Marcus, and Petty is beginning to gain a little ground on the leader. A.J. Ford as he crosses the start-finish line, putting another lap on the board. He is definitely closing. It's only three seconds now between first and second as Petty puts his boot in it, puts the hammer down at turn number one. Richard Petty is closing on A.J. Foyt, the leader. Petty getting a lot of help from Dave Marcus in the KK Dodge. Now Marcus slips up high. Ooh, got it a little sideways and lost the draft on Petty. Petty was getting help and that was allowing him to close up on Foyt, but he's got good horsepower. Meanwhile, that race for third and fourth continues, and once again, Bobby Allison staves off the Silver Fox, David Pearson. At turn number three, A.J. Foyt in the Chevrolet is in front, but that lead is beginning to diminish. Nibbling away is Richard Petty in the STP Dodge. Again, the complexion of this race is going to change very shortly, I think, because as we look all around the back of the speedway, there's about three separate thunderstorms in the area. They're definitely moving across the corners, and any moment it looks as though the bottom could really fall out here for at least a, probably 10 or 15 minutes. Let's go back to the tower. Two and four-tenths seconds now between first and second as Petty continues to persevere in his effort to overcome Super Tex A.J. Foyt. The Chevrolet continuing to lead the Dodge, beginning to nibble away again on that rear bumper. Meanwhile, in third, it's the American Motors Matador with Bobby Allison and in fourth, number 21, David Pearson. They're at turn three. Petty is really chopping the distance out on A.J. Foyt now as they work around some of the slower traffic. Here goes Petty up alongside James Thomas's car as Foyt comes out of the number four corner. He'll be running up on slower traffic. This is going to give Richard a chance to chop it even further in Petty now about 15 car lengths back. With 64 laps complete, Richard Petty has closed it to one and a half seconds between first and second. Petty continues to throw that car into turn one, thrust it harder and harder to the bottom of the track and try to shorten this two-mile speedway up out of turn two. Point doing all he can to hold him off masterfully using the draft off some of those slower cars, but Richard Petty seems to have the steam at this moment because when they're running alone, Petty is definitely nibbling away. They move down toward turn three as the lead continues to shrink. Point extremely strong in the straightaway, but again, Petty shops down a little distance, maybe four or five car lengths as they get into turn number three. Up in the number four corner, A.J. Point sweeps to the outside. Richard Petty about 12, still 15 car lengths back. Here's Point to the start-finish line. Across the stripe, and the interval this time is one 
and five tenth seconds. It stays about the same as Petty was lapping cars in turn four. It looked like he may have lost a few car lengths. Third place still Allison. Fourth place still Pearson. Fifth place the Timmonsville Terror, Kale Yarborough and the Junior Johnson car number 11. First four cars. The interval only six seconds between the first four automobiles. Working statistically with us today, Frank Wiley. Always good to see him when we come up here to the Michigan area. Bob Latford, our statistician, just handed us a regular statistician, the 60-lap rundown, 120 miles. And we had then Foyt in first, Petty in second, Allison third, Pearson fourth, running in fifth, Kale in sixth, David Pearson. Person, or rather six, car number 90, Richard Brooks. Then in seventh was Buddy Baker. And it's one second between first and second now, between Floyd and Petty. In eighth, David Sisko. In yes, ninth, fire. Bruce Hill. Let me interrupt you. The rain is beginning to fall here on turns three and four. And in just a moment, we're going to have a deluge here on the track. In tenth, number 88. That is the Darrow Waltrip car. In eleventh is Richie Panch. In twelfth is Dean Dalton. Thirteenth is Richie Childress. And yellow is coming on the track. In the fourteenth position, Cecil Gordon. And in 15th, car number 37, Bruce Jacoby. As a shower begins to develop, they are bringing out the caution flag. Caution is on the speedway. Let's go to Barney Hall. Barney Hall at turn four. This is Dave Despain at turn one. Barney Hall, I think, has dashed for cover, Ken Squire. The rain has just reached us, and it is pouring down. Out of the Brooklyn Hills of Michigan, those black clouds have erupted on the speedway. The cars are beginning to get down to yellow speed, but it's really pouring down rain as the fans go scurrying for cover. Back to you, Ken Squire. We'll let you get under your umbrella, and we'll keep it right here at the Michigan International Speedway, where the race is coming under caution in the 66th lap. All the crews are moving back, and the tarpaulins are coming off the race car. The sky is breaking. The track is drying out, and we're getting set for resumption. The last of the competitors are moving back to the automobiles. The safety crews are out there. The inspectors watching as the crews remove the tarpaulins and don't make any adjustments on the cars. Not allowed. All they can do is strap the drivers back in the machines. There will be about 12 laps under a caution before they cut them loose, and there will be a host of changes made on these cars on pit road as we have a totally different situation. This chessboard has been changed. The squares uh, are all different now than they were a while ago. Whereas this track was beginning to be ringed with oil, it's now a far different situation and we'll be getting a start very, very shortly. The red flag was out two hours and 12 minutes over the Michigan International Speedway. The sun is beginning to percolate through a little here today and it's percolating the enthusiasm of these fans once again. We're trickling back into the grandstand in a goodly number. The flow has picked up. They're all back in their seats, ready to see the continuation of this confrontation between six-time United States Auto Club national champion, A.J. Foyt of Houston, Texas, and the soon-to-be six-time NASCAR Grand National champion, the great Richard Petty of Level Cross, North Carolina. And here comes a 70-lap rundown for 140 miles. 05 is your leader. That's David Sisko's car with then Cecil Gordon second, Dean Dalton third, Richard Childress fourth, Walter Ballard fifth, James Hilton 6, Richard Petty 7th, J.D. McDuffie 8th, ninth was car number 65, Carl Adams, 10th was the number 16, which is the Bobby Allison car, 11th was Bruce Hill, 12th was Darrell Waltrip, 13th was Pearson, 14th was the 98 car, and 15th was number 11. The 11 car of Kaylee Arbro, the 98 running 14th is the Richie Panch machine, this is actually the Johnny Ray car. 
Johnny Ray's automobile out of Alabama being driven today by Richie Panch, and Panch's numbers are showing on the side of the machine. The average speed through 70 laps, 145 miles, is 85.714. Six lead changes thus far in the race. Caution flags three for 34 laps in two hours, 12 minutes under rain have been the story here today. Johnny Rutherford, former Indianapolis 500-mile champion, Ken Squire, and the Motor Racing Network staff bringing you this broadcast of the champion Spark Plug 400. Let's go back to Barney Hall at turns three and four and get a report on how that's coming along. Well, the turns are look real dry, Ken, but uh, like I said, there's... The backstretch is almost flat here at Michigan, and the water pools a little bit there. The track is still extremely damp down the backstretch, but it's drying rather quickly. As far as the turns are concerned, they could go racing in there right now, but of course they will not let them go until that backstretch and turns number two are coming out of number two is dried also. Let's go back to the tower. Dave Marcus has changed all four tires, all of them changing some wedge, and there has been a tire problem for Marcus today. Just a little out of balance or something a couple of times and that can cost you dear when you're trying to go as hard and fast as he has to go on his K&K Dodge. He's one of the five fastest cars here for the running of the Motor State 400. The field is down and turns one and two. Let's check with Dave Despain as to the conditions in the second turn right now. Still a bit soggy coming off that second turn over there and back onto the back stretch, the area that Barney Hall alluded to where that water has puddled just a little bit. But, of course, the exhaust headers on the race cars will blow that water off the track and dry it out very quickly with the heat. We're impressed with a crowd which has filtered back in here and virtually filled this large grandstand and the bleachers all the way down into turn one. A very enthusiastic body, Ken, as they waited out that two and a half hours and now they're back to see the exciting finale to this great race. Bruce, back to radio control. Bruce Hill currently leading the Rookie of the Year campaign. Hails from Topeka, Kansas. He was a go-kart racer until deciding to go Grand National. His car is one of Bobby Allison's old Coca-Cola Chevrolets. He's doing extremely well. Starting with this race, his car is uh, sponsored by the Atlanta Raceway, where the Dixie 500 comes up November the 9th at the Atlanta Raceway in Georgia. That uh, Bruce Hill, they always do a lot with rookie drivers down at the Atlanta track, and that's a, that's typical of them to give support to freshman drivers trying to find their way in Winston Cup Grand National Competition. We're showing 73 of 200 laps now complete. Cisco showing in front, Richard Childress showing in second, Walter Ballard third, James Hilton is now fourth, and Petty is up to fifth as the lead changes every lap by several positions in as much as pit stops are being made by all the leaders, all the cars in the race, trying to find a way to get around this two-mile speedway just a tad quicker. Field is back in turn number one. There could be another ten laps, they say, before they get this one going. Buddy Baker is running extremely well here with his car. As we mentioned earlier, he's won two of his last three starts for Bud Moore Engineering. He qualified outside of the front row. The qualifying marks were just amazing, the difference between the Baker car and the Pearson car. Pearson qualified at 159.798 miles per hour. Baker qualified at 159.232 miles per hour. And Baker wasn't pleased about the way he qualified. They ran so much better this morning, and when I went to qualify, the car pushed out in the middle of the corner, and it cost us some valuable time. We'd run over 160 and a half, and... Uh, not really disappointed because we started outside pole last week and won the race. So uh, I don't think it's where you qualify. Look at Richard Petty two weeks ago. He, uh, down in Daytona, he started 13th and won the race. So really, it's just a good place to start from and, and uh, taking nothing away from whoever gets the pole. Uh, 
It's uh, it looks like uh, Pearson might be on the pole right now, but uh, the race is a long ways to go, and everything's got to work perfect all day, or you just won't win. That's all. Those were Buddy Baker's thoughts one day ago. Earlier today, he still thought the car was not working as well, as you heard him say on MRN, as it uh, had in its performances when he won both of the Talladega races this year. Ken, he, he made a statement one time that I think only Baker could make. He, I asked him at some race, I don't remember, may have been Bristol or somewhere a long time ago, about starting on a pole. And he said, well, it, if you can stay up there, it's great. He said, you always look a whole lot better coming up through the pack than you do going back through it. <laughs> we asked Darrell Waltrip if he was really ready to win this one. You know, we came here, of course, we're just looking at races right now. We want to we wanna run well in races and finish some races, and we brought a car up here that, uh, it's my old car. It's a car I won Nashville in. I've run second at Martinsville and Darlington. It's basically a short track car, and uh, we were hoping that the better handling would pay off in the race for us. We're- Ten laps, and they will be racing is the latest word. Ten laps, and they will cut them loose. That would be at lap 86. Co-hosting the program with us today is Johnny Rutherford, who is indeed a delight, not only to watch as a race driver, but to be alongside. John, how does one who uh, goes out here and stands on it on a Sunday get through a Monday and a Tuesday after one of these things is over and gets back with the family and tries to come down from all of this, the noise, the color, the thousands of people and those screaming engines? Well, you know, Ken, uh, those of us that race in this league have been at it for some time, and uh, over the years you learn to come down. But, of course, after a tragic uh, last week that we had, losing uh, two of the top drivers, Tiny London Stock Car Racing, and, of course, uh, Mark Donahue, it, uh, you know, it takes a heavy toll, and it weighs heavy on you, and you, uh, you ponder about uh, the way... It was when they were around, and uh, you know, you, you can't stop the clock, and you uh, you can't turn it back. So we've got to go ahead and continue on. I can tell you from this vantage point that I'm I would much rather be out there driving. Uh, not that uh, your company isn't uh, the best, and I have thoroughly enjoyed this, but I'm I think I'm probably a better driver than I am uh, microphone man. I would rather be out there, but. Uh, uh, and I'm a lousy watcher. I, I just can't, uh, you know, that scares me to watch these things run. Does it really? Sit up well, I, you know, to a degree. And, and Richard and I were talking about it the other day, uh, about, you know, sitting and watching races. He Richard says he, Petty. Yeah, Richard Petty. He doesn't, uh, says he doesn't like to watch races either, you know. And uh, because I think probably he summed it up, said he's run some of his best races sitting in the pits, you know, watching a guy say, now, if he was just a little higher or if he'd been down here, he'd have gone faster or look what he's doing wrong. And uh, you have a tendency to uh, want to critique uh, the race. And uh, really, it's uh, a lot more fun being out there running. But when it's over and the silence finally settles in and those last engines have been cranked down and they've been put back on the truck and they're headed down the road to another race and you get a chance to be away from it all, what do you do to, to find something more for your life than standing on it? Well, you know, it's uh, we're humans. We don't... Uh we don't just go crawl into a box and wait, uh, you know, for someone to wind us up for the next one. You have uh, to be on top of this sport. You have to think about it a great deal. You have to work at it very hard. Have to keep up with what's going on and uh, who's doing what. So it's uh, the time off is usually taken up with with uh, 
paying attention to what's going on, thinking about your last race, what went wrong, what you can do to make the next one a little bit better, and uh, on and on and on. You know, that's why football teams practice uh, during the week, I guess, between games, and uh, uh, they just you keep sharp, and you have to do that in order to be a front runner all the time. But for diversion, for something that adds adds another dimension, what what can you find? Okay, well, I, you know, it varies. Different people uh, do different things. I personally. Uh, enjoy my family uh, we try to do as much together as we can uh, as a lot of people know my wife uh, works uh, with the crew during the race to keep track keep all of the records uh, uh, scoring all of the laps and, and making sure that uh, we know who's doing what if AJ makes a pit stop it's recorded and we know how things are going so we work very closely that way, and then during the off time, uh, she's busy with the children and the normal household duties. Uh, I am becoming interested again. I, I had an airplane about three years ago, and I owned it for about four years and flew, and really thoroughly enjoy aviation, uh, and I'm going to get back at it now in a sport manner. I'm going back into sport aviation have a good friend in Fort Worth, Texas, Charlie Hillard, who is the world aerobatics champion. And I'm going to go out in a little biplane and get some dual time with him and learn to fly aerobatics a little bit better. And uh, this sort of thing, uh, you know, it's just uh, that's the thing we do when we get away. We have so little time that uh, you have to uh, choose what you do with it preciously. I was talking to a fellow in New York the other day who uh, worked on a, a film crew and was introduced to aerobatics in the, in the making of a motion picture and, and was absolutely so caught up in it. said it was the most spectacular thing he'd ever come across. It really is. It's fantastic. And uh, to, to get up there, you know, flying is, uh, is really very relaxing unless you do a lot of uh, commercial, you know, where you have to fly through weather and you, you use it for transportation to get from one place to another. Just sport aviation is... And I'm going to go out in a little biplane and get some dual time with him and learn to fly aerobatics a little bit better. And uh, this sort of thing, uh, you know, it's just uh, that's the thing we do when we get away. We have so little time that uh, you have to uh, choose what you do with it preciously. I was talking to a fellow in New York the other day who uh, worked on a, a film crew and was introduced to aerobatics in the, in the making of a motion picture and, and was absolutely so caught up in it. said it was the most spectacular thing he'd ever come across. It really is. It's fantastic. And uh, to, to get up there, you know, flying is, uh, is really very relaxing unless you do a lot of uh, commercial, you know, where you have to fly through weather and you, you use it for transportation to get from one place to another. Just sport aviation is... It's fantastic in that you can go up there, you're by yourself, or you have someone with you, and you are the master. You know, you're flying that airplane, you can get up there. If you want to do aerobatics, it's uh, it's not just doing aerobatics, it's precision. You know, you have uh, the way you do it, you want to satis be satisfied that you're doing it properly, and, and it is very relaxing. Same thing as here, where you kind of go in by the seat of your pants at 170 miles per hour, and you are the captain of your ship, and if you don't have it completely in hand, you've got a big handful of trouble? Well, that's true. Uh, I think probably uh, that's why racers like me. I'm not the only one that flies. Uh, Bobby Allison has his own airplane. There are many race drivers that fly themselves around the country, have their own airplanes. And I think it's uh, that precision that you have to you have to maintain. You know, driving one of these race cars, those speeds, uh, 
you have to be right on in aviation the same way or uh, racing boats or anything like that that uh, one chooses to do for relaxation or for vocation. And uh, you have, you know, I think it just kind of goes hand in hand. Former Indianapolis champion Johnny Rutherford with us today. I think a lot of people have a very difficult time with auto racing. They say, well, I drive down the road and I have to drive in heavy traffic and make a lot of decisions, and I can't see really what the difference is. They kind of go round and round in circles out there, and they're all going at the same speed. I don't, I don't see what the problems are. I, I think people have trouble relating. Well, I, I agree. I think they really do, and I think probably uh, the best way to relate is uh, if you're whizzing around the uh, the loop today, at, uh, you know, and in a pretty heavy amount of traffic, uh, and you're running 60 miles an hour, almost triple that speed in your mind's eye and say, okay, now let's be doing this at 180 miles an hour or 160 miles an hour, and then you've got it. Now, if you want to go out there, then, friend, you can probably, uh, uh, you know, buy a helmet and uh, get into Grand National Stock Car Racing because that's what it's all about. And, of course, the championship cars are a little different. A lot of people don't relate to them because they they can't comprehend the speeds. We're running around this racetrack at uh, approaching 200 miles an hour, and they, they just can't comprehend that. Well, the race car was made to do that. A championship car is a thoroughbred racing car. These Grand National cars are thoroughbreds in their own right. Granted, they started life as uh, almost making it as somebody's family flivver, but someone sidetracked it in its early life and uh, uh, proceeded to take it apart, rebuild it, put it all back together as a racing car, and they're finely honed machines, and when they run around this racetrack at 160 miles an hour, it's because they're very capable. And I think the average individual, if he wanted to take a race car around a racetrack, would most certainly be surprised at how fast he could go himself uh, just because the race car is capable of doing it. For maybe half a lap. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, hopefully they would be able to make it all the way around and come back in the pits and uh, faint them, maybe. Five laps away from the resumption of the Motor State 400. 82 laps have now been completed. David Sisko is in front. Richard Childress second. Walter Ballard third. Richard Petty fourth. And Bobby Allison fifth. 24 cars remain in the lead lap. Seven more cars remain one lap down. One more car, two laps down, and there's your field. 32 automobiles still in competition. A report on pit road from Kenny Kemp. We were just down in the pit area of Dean Dalton, and they had to change a spark plug wire. A number of these cars are using this period of caution running here to, to correct the minor problems that they had. J.D. McDuffie is adding oil. We just talked to uh, Glenwood, and we can look forward to these cars, especially the car 21, ducking back into the pit area once more before we get a green flag to top off with fuel and be ready to go. Now back to the towel. So that's the story. The 21 car will be back in, and I don't think we're being too presumptuous in figuring that they'll probably bring Petty back in and four or five of those other leaders to make sure they can go as long as they possibly can when this race gets back underway. Must work on your mind a little, Johnny Rutherford, to realize that all you were geared up for, you have to get re-geared for, and it's a different racetrack. Yes, it is, and it's, uh, you know, you, you go back out there, you are still, you know, right now they're still facing X, the unknown. 
uh, Foyt, uh, you know, was concerned earlier. His car was slowing down because the track was getting oily. Now all the oil and the, the rubber that was in the track is gone. Uh, what's it going to be like? They've made you know, changes. They put uh, four new tires on. They've got a load of fuel. Uh, you still are wondering, whenever you whistle off into turn one there, what's it going to be like? Is it going to push? Is it going to be loose? Is it going to be just right? And are you going to fly? And, of course, uh, these things happen in milliseconds. And uh, when you know, then you start with another plan. You just you inaugurate a new plan, and you go from there. Well, I've always felt that was the challenge for the Earth astronauts who run these race cars, that unknown going down at a turn number one, just how deep, how far you could send a racing car. And that's a sensation that is a very special one that makes this sport totally unique, that grabbing for something that uh, perhaps the astronauts with a multi-million dollar program can attain as they head off of the moon. But if you've got to be a frontiersman, it's pretty hard to find a better place than going down in here at 170 miles per hour and trying to stitch your constitution together strong enough to keep your foot on the board and stay out there in front of these other guys who like to intimidate by just kind of tingling the rear bumper once in a while to let you know they're there. Right. Yeah, that's uh, that's part of the game. And, uh, you know, you were, you were speaking of the astronauts. It's surprising how many of them are great fans of uh, motor racing. And uh, Pete Conrad and a few of the other guys actually have driven in competition and uh, still do and look forward to it. A very common alliance. Yes, I, I think so. And I there again is the... The aviation aspect, uh, anything, uh, soldiers of fortune, you know, where you, you know, you all get together, or whatever. It's it's amazing how it parallels. John Bogast Rutherford with us today here <laughs> as we get ready to go once again with 83 laps complete. 100 laps would be the halfway indicator, and the board shows what three. Bob Lapford, they'll cut them loose in three, three laps, and they'll send them down. Chris Baker on pit road, and Nick Brooks are coming in early to get some fuel. Richard Brooks, Truxmore Industries car. It's, I can't believe that I'm seeing him here racing today. I watched him 30 feet upside down, spinning, crashing 14 times, side over side, end over end, 13 times last week, 1,000 feet. Car so totally destroyed you didn't even know what number it was. Here he is back ready to go, and you heard him talking about it earlier. And pit road appears to be still quite slick, and I was just watching them come in making their stops, and they were sliding the front tires. Uh, you could read the Goodyear as they were coming in trying to get stopped in their pits. So uh, that will be interesting to watch as the race progresses with uh, two laps now to go uh, to a start. If anyone has to make a, a pit stop, uh, be bear watching. Here's number 41, Grant Adcox, getting prepared to get back into it today. Remind you again as we prepare for this one to resume that the Southern 500 is September 1st. Back to Darlington, South Carolina. Back to the home where it all began. First time they ran with Johnny Vance years and years ago was there, and it happens again on September 1, September 7th. Richmond, Virginia, the capital city 500, and the day before... The Baby Grands will get a chance to run at Richmond for Ken Campbell's fine facility. Then on September 14th, the Delaware 500 in Dover, Delaware, September 21st. The Wilkes 400, North Wilkesboro, North Carolina, September 28th. The Old Dominion 500, Martinsville, Virginia, biggest purse ever paid on what they call a short track. But if you've ever seen it, you know it is one of the finest tracks that this country has ever built. And at Old Dominion 500, Martinsville, Virginia weekend, you'll see all the superstars racing for nearly $75,000 on a half-mile track. Foyt is in, Pearson is in, Richard Childress, Kaylee Arborough, 
we could get some battered fenders. There could be some co- even more than cosmetic damage because you really thunder down pit road. It's interesting where these pit crews elect. The fastest qualifier gets to pick first. Second fastest second on pit road. And it's interesting to know where they will pick. Now, you have to come in at a certain speed, but there's nothing about how you exit the track. And I think they really want to stand on it coming out. Uh, on most of these tracks. Yes, they do, and it's. Uh, I was just watching AJ uh, go back out on the racetrack, and he uh, he could see Kale Yarbrough coming up behind him, and and wanted to try to at least stay ahead of him because Kale was running uh, very well and could be a problem if he wanted to move on to the to the front to try to catch up with Richard, who is still setting up there in a pretty good spot, and he was breaking loose and fishtailing quite badly. The uh, like I said earlier, the uh, the pit road is still very wet down in area has a lot of puddles and uh, uh, it's going to bear watching but the track is dry yes track is dry and fast ready for resumption of this race with now 85 laps being shown on the board with 24 cars in the lead lap that's just an amazing number here they come back off and here comes petty in here comes allison let's go back to kenny campbell in the pits uh your remarks about the pit road being wet and the track being dry are certainly correct uh, we see two different entire entire colors here from our position in the uh, pits and if any of them do have to come in under speed here into the pit area, we may run into a problem. There are no dry spots, and uh, it, you know they spill oil on them during the pit stops. So we may have some problem here a little later, but we certainly hope not. We hope we'll go into continuous fast race. Now back to the towel. Well, one thing about it, all these pit stops under caution are doing their own job of drying out that part of the speedway. The Earl Canavan car is being rolled back toward the garage area. Toot for Earl Canavan from Old Fort or Fort Johnson, New York. And now we're just about set for a green flag once again here this afternoon. John Bruner Jr. has it in hand. J.D. McDuffie is pitted. Walter Ballard out and we're getting set to go once again. Pace car down the backstretch, drawing away. The new leader with these pit stops is number 47, Bruce Hill, the rookie from Topeka, Kansas. In second is number 88, Darrell Waltrip of Franklin, Tennessee. Third is Richie Panch's car number 98 from Daytona Beach, Florida. Fourth is car number 63, Terry Bivens of Shawnee, Kansas. Running fifth is Almo Langley. So again, it's 47 first. And the field begins to tighten up on the backstretch to get this one going. They're working the 87th lap right now. 47 is the leader. That's Bruce Hill. 88. Darrell Waltrip is in second. They're coming back up to speed. And ladies and gentlemen, we're just about to go back to green with Barney Hall at turn four. Bruce Hill looks down through the corner and sees the green flag waving as he comes out of the turn, dropping down to the bottom of the speedway to move around. It's Darrell Waltrip who will go back into the lead. Waltrip swings around. Hill at the start-finish line. There's Darrell Waltrip in front. Dave Marcus is trying to gather back a lap. He goes under Bruce Hill. And now Darrell Waltrip is being challenged by car number 71. Picking up a lap is Dave Marcus. Marcus is trying to gain back a lap. He is down a lap, and he is now making that up as he scoots out of turn number two. As they come off turn two and down the backstretch, Marcus leads the pack. Meanwhile, all those early leaders are trying to come through traffic like Sam through a sieve. David Pierce is definitely on the move. Buddy Baker is right in his draft. Richard Petty is trying to get back up front as the leaders go down into turn three. Waltrip out of the lead in the Diegard Chevrolet. Marcus has put himself back in the same lap. I think he was just one lap down as they come out of the corner. Marcus trying to keep himself out front. Meanwhile, back in the pack, they jockey for position. There's heavy traffic back in there between David Pearson, Buddy Baker, Cale Yarborough, Richard Petty as they work their way back to the front. Car number 47, Bruce Hill is challenging for the lead. Bruce Hill, the rookie from Topeka, Kansas, goes to the bottom of the racetrack, and Darrell Walton 
Waldrop fights him off in turn one. Waldrop comes down off the top of the racetrack and slams the door on Hill. A nice maneuver on his part, and Hill tucks in behind him. Now drifts high as they come off a two and looks for the outside line. It's not there either, and the terminal transport car has a three-car-length advantage as they go down the backstretch, chasing the back end of the K&K Dodge of Dave Marcus. Back in the pack, there's a lot of things going on, namely one, A.J. Ford has blasted his way around about eight or nine cars, comes up through the field, and Ford is trying to work his way back up on the leaders. David Pearson is riding right behind Dick Brooks out of the corner. It is still Waltrip in the lead. Bruce Hill is riding second. Dick Brooks would be third. Pearson is fourth. Richie Patch falling to fifth. Coming up to sixth is Buddy Baker to seventh. Bailey Armbrough at eighth. Back to eight thousand. He dropped two positions, and here comes number twenty-eight, AJ Point. Point comes sniping through traffic, and the Richard Petty car well back at the tail end of that draft has Bobby Allison right behind him. Meanwhile, we begin to get a challenge as Buddy Baker and David Pearson storm away from the traffic and link up at a draft that's going to bring them right up on the tail end of the leaders. They chase the leaders down the back stretch. It's still Waltrip out front. Bruce Hill is second, but gaining ground, closing to five car lengths now is Buddy Baker. Hill drops to the inside. He gives way. Baker moves to the outside, and Baker is about to go into the number two position. Pearson is back in third. Cale Yarborough is fourth, and fourth is riding fifth, and all of a sudden, there are five cars linked together in a tight draft out of the corner. Baker squeezes right down in the middle of two cars. Here comes Baker going for the lead. Baker going into turn number one, squeezes through by Bruce Hill. He drops. Bruce Hill picking up five points for leading toward that $10,000 Carling prize for Rookie of the Year. Finds himself now back to seventh position. Boy, did Buddy Baker bring the troops with him. David Pearson and A.J. Boyd, Cale Yarborough, all teched on the end of that draft, and Baker's slingshotting them all right around Bruce Hill. Hill falls all the way back to seventh spot. Right now, the leader as they head for turn three is Buddy Baker. Six-car draft a moment ago has suddenly become a four-car draft as they jockey for the lead. It is Baker out front. Here comes Pearson on the outside, making a charge. Point down on the inside. Back for that second position is Cale Yarbrough. Right shotgun on that foursome out of the corner. It is still Baker. Running in the fifth position is... Brooks, and now here comes number 11, Cale Yarborough to the bottom. They're three deep as they go into turn number one, and Cale Yarborough is challenging for the lead as he goes to the bottom of the track. As Buddy Baker takes the high road, it's three abreast behind him, and Yarborough cannot get it done. He has to settle for fourth spot and get back in line, but in the exchange, A.J. Boyd moves up to second spot. The Silver Fox, David Pearson, falls into third place, and now Yarborough tacks right on the back end of that draft as Buddy Baker leads him down. Boyd trying to chase down Buddy Baker. He has led most of this race while it has been under green. Point closes two car lengths. He chops it to one as they move into turn number three. Pearson just a car link back in third spot. Cale Yarborough rides in that foursome in the number four corner. It is still Baker, Point, Pearson, and Yarborough. A half second back in fifth is Richard Brooks. Here comes A.J. Boyd in the lead. Boyd taking the lead, drags Pearson to second. Now, Darrell Waltrip goes to fifth. Going into the sixth position is Richard Brooks, and in seventh is Richard Petty in turn one. You can go from first to fourth in a wink of an eye. Buddy Baker fell back to third spot that time as Boyd took Pearson with it. Yarborough trying to go along for the ride, couldn't get by. So now as they go down the chute, it's A.J. Boyd, David Pearson, Buddy Baker, and Neil Yarborough in the lead draft. Here comes another factor, the STP Dodge. Petty has knocked off six cars, working his way to the front. He's just about to move around Dick Brooks's car as they go into turn three to catch that front foursome. Richard Petty begins to move. He has chopped it down to about two seconds back of the leaders. Still, it is Foyd out front, Pearson second, Baker third, Cale Yarbrough fourth, Richard Petty in fifth. They squeeze right to the wall as Richard...
Patrick Patty moves into the fifth position. Sixth is now Brooks. Seventh is Waltrip. On the eighth position, we see car number 16, Bobby Allison, holding on to the eighth spot at turn one. As they move through turn one, the lead foursome have dropped into single file and try to draft and possibly break away from that second pack that is now developed, led by Richard Petty, followed by Dick Brooks and Bobby Allison. They are in a three-car link-up as they go down the back chute. Petty, who has been closing some time with the leaders, now seems to be just about stabilized. It's maybe a two-second interval between the front four back there. It is still A.J. Foyt, David Pearson, Buddy Baker, and Cale Yarbrough, just about a car length separate those four as they come out of turn number four, move down to the start-finish line. Coming by to complete the 94th of 200 laps. It is number 28, A.J. Foyt, by less than six inches in front of David Pearson in the 21 car. They go into the first turn with Pearson still holding second, Baker third, Kaylee Arborough fourth. As the greatest driver in USAC history stuffs that Chevrolet down into turn one, David Pearson moves up behind, gives him a little tap on the rear deck and says, this is how we do it down in NASCAR country. A.J. Foyt leading David Pearson down the back chute. Buddy Baker is right on his tail. Kale Yarborough is there. And Richard Petty leads a three-car draft in fifth place. And Forsa moves into the number four corner. A car that suddenly develops some trouble. He's been running strong all afternoon. Richard Childress on pit road. Some smoke from Childress' car down the back stretch. He has now put it in the pits. Your front four out of the number four corner. Still Foyt, Pearson, Baker, and Yarborough. A yellow flag is on the speedway. What a break for Marcus. They were overhauling Marcus. They were moving up on him rapidly. But now there's a caution flag out, and that will put Marcus right around on the end of the lap. He has made up the lap with his caution. Fifth one of the day is the biggest break of the afternoon for Dave Marcus. That choo-choo train of four automobiles was about to overhaul Dave Marcus within a lap. But now, when he was running by himself, he pulled out in front of two automobiles. That was the Darrell Waltrip car and the Bruce Hill car was able to lead by as much as five or six seconds. Then the front four all gathered up their power and running in tandem were hauling him down about to bring him to count when the caution flag came out on the speedway and that will mean car number 71 Dave Marcus as the safety car comes out to pick up the leaders will circulate around the track and nose right in against these front automobiles when this race is again under green here's Bobby Allison on pit road Allison brings in the Matador at the the champion spark plug 400 Richard Childress has had a fan go through the radiator. Childress, a fan through the radiator. And there is debris in turn number three, hence the caution flag, and the chance for Marcus to make up that lap and fall in the back of the field. The front of the field is now pitting. Not all of them, but Pearson is in, Waltrip is in, Bruce Hill, Cecil Gordon, Dean Dalton has had some ignition problems of recent in that car number seven. He's on pit road. The story here is that a caution flag for car number 96 as a fan went back into the radiator and spilled pieces all over the track in turn number three has brought out the fifth caution of the day. With that caution, Dave Marcus is the opportunity he was looking for to make up that lap he was down and now fall in behind the leaders and go for big game. 90 laps, 180 miles down. Interesting bit of... uh strategy may be on Petty's part. Richard just made a pit stop, uh, took on tires and fuel. He will now be able to take the lead when the others come in, possibly, and uh, could put him in a very advantageous position. Here comes A.J. Foyt leading 110 laps of the champion Sparkplug 400. 
The Gilmore Broadcasting car has a three-car length advantage over Bobby Allison running in second. Then it's two and seven-tenths seconds back to the third position, which houses car number 21, Pearson. He's won it the last two times. Can he pull it out today? Pearson in car number 21 holding that third spot. Right behind him comes Timmonsville, South Carolina's Kaylee Arborough in the junior Johnson Holly Farms Valvoline Chevrolet. Then fifth is Richard Petty. A big interval between Petty back to the sixth place car, Darrell Waltrip. That interval is now over six and a half seconds between the fifth place automobile and the sixth place car. The fifth place car being Petty. The sixth place car being Darrell Waltrip, who is now being challenged. There goes Richard Brooks on the bottom of the racetrack. Richard Brooks moves up another spot. Brooks goes by Darrell Waltrip, and he is now the sixth position runner on the field in the Trucksmore Industries car. The interval between the second place car, Allison, and the third place automobile, which is now number 21, Pearson, shrinks to two and three-tenths seconds. The two-car draft in front, Hoyt leading, Allison second, then two and three-tenths seconds back, rumbling down the backstretch, the maroon, white, gold, numeral, number 21 of the Wood Brothers from Patrick County, Virginia. And tailing him is car number 11, Cale Yarborough with Richard Petty in fifth. Here they are out of turn four. They're going to have to work some of the slower cars, and that is one reason that Pearson and Cale and Richard Petty are about to make up some distance. But now they're trapped back in traffic as A.J. and Bobby Allison move to turn one. They're going to lose a little more ground on them, Ken Squire. They lap D.K. Ulrich, the California driver, going into the first turn. They hit the first turn. The lap cars move low on the racetrack, and this will allow Pearson, Yarborough, and Petty to come thundering around in the high groove and once again set sail in pursuit of that lead two-car draft. The question is, can the three-car draft run faster than the pair up front, A.J. Boyd and Bobby Allison, the leaders? There's one heck of a battle still going on back in the pack between Darrell Waltrip and Dick Brooks. There's just a little bit of resentment between these two drivers, if you want to use that word. And right now, they've been doorpost to doorpost for the last lap and a half, and they're exactly a dead heat as they move down the backstretch. Neither driver wanting to link up in a draft, which is costing both some distance behind the leaders. Meanwhile, it is still Foyt and Allison out front. Boyd and Allison lead going into 113. It's still two and three ten seconds. Frank Warren on the bottom of the racetrack as Richard Brooks darts in front of car number 88, Darrell Waltrip. That sixth place battle is a beauty. Here is Richard Brooks in front of Darrell Waltrip as the young Lions continue to battle it among themselves and Richie Pants right in there with them. Down they come with 113 laps down, working the 114th and on the backstretch, the Mercury of David Pearson, the Chevrolet of Kelly Arborough, the Dodge of Richard Petty running in tandem trying to overhaul the leader the Chevrolet of A.J. Foyt and the Matador Bobby Allison there in lap cars in turn four they're having to work their way around slower traffic again this time to the outside comes Foyt and here comes Cale Jarborough around David Pearson and Cale's going to cry and make up some distance on him he gets inside Pearson as they move down to the turn Cale Jarborough in that yellow mustard yellow and red pipe fire suit that he wears looking like a demon as he screams into turn number three and Pearson comes back on the outside to fight him in the 21. Not demonic enough to pull it out was Cale Yarborough because Pearson comes back to the outside, aided by the Richard Petty draft. They're going to put Yarborough right back in third spot as they come off the second turn. Pearson and Petty pull away and Yarborough falls back to fifth place, third in that draft. Leaders move up in the number three corner and one car slowing down to the backstretch. Frank Warren, Harrisburg, North Carolina, the 
Car number 79 will be heading for the pits. Warren off the paces, down on the apron. Leaders out of the corner. Furious battle back for third spot between Pearson, Richard Petty, and Cale Yarbrough. And now Petty moves in behind David Pearson. There's another battle further back, and that is Buddy Baker and Dave Marcus about to link up in a draft, and that could have some repercussions on this event. Cars number 71 and 15. 70, look, excuse me, look at this battle between, again, Dick Brooks and Darrell Waltrip. They've been door to door. Brooks just barely knows him out of the start finish line, and these two have really declared war on each other. 90 and 88. That's Richard Brooks of the Trucksmore Industry, number 90, and the native tan car, number 88, running all around the speedway, side by side, fighting for sixth position. Up in front. It's still point in front. The question is now, will there be a caution as Frank Warren, his car just barely trickling onto pit road, limping in, trying to just keep it running in some way to get him safely onto pit road and not bring out another caution. 79, Frank Warren is on pit road. Here comes that battle between Richard Brooks and Darrell Waltrip. What a thundering fight this one is for sixth position. Coming by, it's car number 90. Then 88 goes down to the inside. Darrell Waltrip is right there beside Richard Brooks in turn one for six. They swapped a little paint right there. Waltrip came to the inside. Brooks moved over, tried to chop him off, and they got together just momentarily. No problem for either driver as they move up into turn two. It's Brooks on the outside with Waltrip on the inside, and they are literally side by side at dead heat as they go drag racing down the back shoes. Three seconds from first back to third. Oh, smoking Foyt's car. Can't fly right in front of you. A puff of smoke from A.J. Foyt. He's off the pace. Foyt is slowing down. Bobby Allison takes the lead. Allison goes in front. A.J. Foyt erupting an engine on car number 28. He's down to the bottom of the speedway in the first turn. The it car... The car can is coasting down onto the apron. He appears to have a certain amount of power yet. There was very little smoke. It came out right at the start-finish line. He either got it shut off or whatever as he coasted down through one and two. But he's in bad shape as the leaders go thundering on down into turn three. 47, Bruce Hill is being passed by Dave Marcus and Buddy Baker. 47, Bruce Hill running 11th is now being passed by cars numbers 71, Dave Marcus and 15, Baker. And that two-car draft is really moving back into it now. They're a half lap down running in 10th. The leader by himself is Allison. He immediately is slowed down. And the interval from first to second, with second place now being number 21, David Pearson, is dwindling. That lead for Allison evaporating in turn number one continuing to chew away at that lead is the 21 car. Then comes Richard Petty in second, or rather in third and in fourth, with a lead of only one and six-tenths seconds. Allison in front of the three-car draft going to turn three. Yarborough is fourth. On pit road, here's A.J. Foyt. Number 28. Foyt, who really gave this car a ride as the Gilmore Broadcasting red white numeral number 28 going back to the garage area. Foyt is out of it. A.J. Foyt coasting into the pit area. An engine going sour on that Chevrolet puts him behind the wall, and it gives the lead to car number 16. Appropriating first position is Bobby Allison. But a three-car choo-choo train is chasing him rapidly now out of turn number two. As they come off turn two, Justin Dick and Yarborough elects to duck out of the draft and try to go to the inside on Pearson and Teddy. He can't get by. Now he gets back in line, and that assures that the draft will continue to zoom in on the Bobby Allison car number 16. Yarborough comes charging down on the inside of Richard Petty, trying to move up on David Pearson as they move into the number three corner. Yarborough still on the bottom of the speedway. They have chopped the separation on Bobby Allison's car to about six car lengths. 
lengths. Out of the corner is Pearson second. And a battle back for the third spot between Cale Yarbrough and Richard Petty. Leaders go flying down into that first turn area. And what a race this is going to be for the lead. That battle for the top spot is going to be a four-car shootout here with 120 of the 200 laps complete. That lead position belongs to car number 16, but there is no interval. It's less than half a second now as David Pearson pulls up on the Matador. Here comes Pearson in the Mercury. Pearson riding up on car number 16, Allison at turn three. Yarborough comes to the inside. Two car lakes separate first and second, but Cale Yarbrough coming on strong. He's around Richard Petty. He's up alongside David Pearson, and Yarbrough just barely squeezed in between Richard Petty and David Pearson. He almost tagged Pearson. Here's Pearson to the inside on Allison. David Pearson goes for first place at turn one and lap 121. As they hit the first turn, Pearson to the inside, and he's got it. Allison moves the Matador back down onto the rear deck and chops off Cale Yarbrough's assault on second spot, so it's Pearson, Allison, Yarbrough, and Petty as they come off the second turn and head down the back shoot, and Pearson tries to open up a little separation. He's got about one car length on Bobby Allison. A new ball game up front. The Pure Lady Mercury goes up in first position. The Matador is in second. Allison comes storming back on Pearson in the number three corner. But Cale Yarborough wants that lead. He's knocking on the door for second position. He's inside. Bobby Allison and Yarborough, very strong down in that low groove, comes out of the corner. Up alongside for a moment, and he just gets the door shut on him as he comes out of the fourth corner, settles for third position. A four-car battle for the lead. What we're going to have is a four-car battle for fifth position momentarily. The fifth position is about to be contested as hard as the lead position. It's Pearson in front in 21. 16 is running in second, Allison of the Matador. Then comes the Chevrolet of Cale Yarborough and fourth, Petty. Those four together. Now Cale challenges for second position out of turn four. Yarborough moves down the inside. Meanwhile, the battle for the fifth position as car number 90 Richard Brooks leading Darrell Waltrip by one car length but storming up on them on the back stretch is car number 71 and 15 they are rapidly gaining ground on 90 and 88 that fight for the fifth position as dramatic as the one for the lead the leadership battle is entangled in lap traffic on the back stretch they whiz by Almo Langley as they go down into turn number three with Jabe Thomas's car also being overlapped it's Cale Yarbrough in the lead now. Rather, David Pearson in the lead. Cale Yarborough on the inside. Number 11 is up there beside Allison. They're wheel-to-wheel for second place. Grant Edcox is in for right side rubber. Back in the main straightaway. Pearson still first. Allison still second. Yarborough still third. And Petty plays a waiting game behind that trio, just standing back and forth by four car lengths. Let's go back and take a look at the fifth position. And that one is side by side. It's Richard Brooks in number 90. Back into fifth. Into sixth is Darrell Waltrip. Now on the inside, 71 moves in. Here comes that battle for the fifth position to Barney Hall. Yeah, that's where experience pays off because... Dick Brooks and Darrell Waltrip got involved in a little battle between themselves, and without drafting, you're going to lose a lot of time, and that is exactly why Dave Marcus and Buddy Baker, who linked up at a draft and rode it that way, have caught them. They're down in the number one corner, and it's a furious battle for the fifth position. Cale Yarborough's in trouble. He slides in turn three. Yarborough sliding. There are three cars white coming down the straightaway. Petty on the inside. Yarborough in the middle. Up on the outside is Allison. Cale Yarborough broke loose momentarily. He was sideways. He pinched Allison right 
right to the wall. He was able to gather it up and continue on. A scary moment. It looked like two of the leaders were going to crash in turn four. They go back into turn two in the 131st lap. As they come off turn two, they sort themselves back out and remain in the initial running order of Pearson, Allison, Yarborough, and Petty, although there were cars going every which way as they came into turn one as everybody tried to gather it back up again after that scary moment. The leaders will pit in 13 laps. The battle for fifth is just amazing. Buddy Baker is going for fifth position. He's dragging Dave Marcus with him. Four cars battling for fifth inches apart. Meanwhile, the battle for the lead. Pearson first, Allison second, Kelly Yarborough third, Richard Petty fourth. That fifth place battle, a half a lap down is just a stunner in that fifth position. It's the 88 car, Darrell Waltrip, challenged by number 15, Buddy Baker. Baker on the inside is going to fifth position. Baker fighting his way back through traffic. On the bottom, here comes Dave Marcus. Marcus is underneath. Richard Brooks is 90. He's moving underneath car number 88, Darrell Waltrip. Here comes Dave Marcus as they fight for the sixth position. Back into the main straightaway. Side by side, 71 goes into six. What a great scrap that one is. Back in front, Barney Hall. Cale Yarborough has just moved into the number two position as he made a move on Allison in the number three corner. And Cale has his sights set on David Pearson. Allison locks in the bumper on third spot. Petty is still fourth. It's just magnificent racing. It is the most competitive automobile racing in the world. There is nothing like it. In 13 laps, 12 laps, the leaders will be pitting. In 12 laps, we're at the 132nd lap. And right now, into turn number three goes that battle for the fifth spot with Baker, Marcus, Brooks, and Waltrip running nose to tail. Meanwhile, the battle for the lead has David Pearson first in second, Cale Yarborough's number 11, and car number 16, Bobby Allison with Richard Petty in fourth. It is a sensation. Sensational race here. Held up two hours and 12 minutes because of rain. Held up about 20 minutes after a terrible crash by Cuckoo Marlin. Ruptured the fence in the second turn and caused delay. It's coming down to be one of the greatest races of the year. There goes David Pearson into the first turn about to overlap another car. As the lap car moves down, David Pearson moves up high and Cale Yarborough continues to be the fly in the ointment among those lead draft. He continues to try every line around the racetrack. Almost got himself in trouble a couple of laps back, but he's still very very active, not content to run single file, but wanting to figure out every place on the racetrack where he can run in case it comes down to a last lap shootout. While all that's going on up front, Dave Marcus has just picked off the number five position. He made a move on Buddy Baker, dropping Baker back to six, wall trip to seventh, and here's Dick Brooks on pit road. Car number 90, Brooks is one of the first of the leaders to pit. Richard Brooks pitting car number 90, running up there in the seventh position when he elected to come in. He drops a lap down, number 21, 11, crossing the line with now number 16 and 43 over the stripe. The pit stops will begin to take a very important part. The hood is up on Richard Brooks' car, number 90. Hood is up on Richard Brooks' Trucksmore Industries' car, number 90. Meanwhile, J.D. McDuffie with a plume of smoke spilling out of the headers on car number 70. He comes in. The Glen Landscaping car is on pit road. A bad day for McDuffie now. The 130-lap rundown for 260 miles had Cale then leading with Allison second, or rather Pearson leading, Allison second, Cale Yarborough third, Richard Petty fourth. Then in fifth was car number 88, 
Darrell Waltrip in six was Richard Brooks in seventh was Buddy Baker in eighth was Marcus in ninth was Cisco and in tenth was Richie Pants all running the same lap with more than two-thirds of the race by in 11th spot was the 63 car and this Terry Bibbins of Shawnee Kansas in the Moyer Chevrolet is doing a magnificent job in 12th number 17 Dalton they continue to work on Richard Brooks number 90 frantic work on that automobile jumping back and forth over the wall the five men of that crew trying to get the Porterville, California, former Grand National Rookie of the Year back in the race. Ken, they are replacing a belt on that car. He was pointing to the hood when he came in, and they are replacing a belt on it. Back to you. Dave Marcus moves up beside Buddy Baker as they fight for fifth. It's Marcus and Baker side by side for fifth position with right behind them car number 88 running in seventh, Darrell Waltrip. The leaders are out of turn four. Pearson is first, Kaylee Opperell second, Bobby Allison third, Richard Petty fourth at the first turn. They've got traffic in front of them, lap traffic, which allows them again to pick up that draft. And again, K.O. Yarborough tests out a lower line on the racetrack. David Pearson leads them around. Bobby Allison has moved the Matador right up on the rear deck of K.O. Yarborough's car while Richard Petty waits two car lengths back. Again, there's so many battles going on around the speedway. The race fans will look first at Buddy Baker and Dave Marcus and Darrell Waltrip in that battle for fifth spot, and then they'll check down to the other end of the speedway to watch David Pearson, Cale Yarbrough, Bobby Allison, and Richard Petty get it on. It's been that way for the last 40 laps. Now they come out of turn four. It's still Pearson, Yarbrough, and Allison running one, two, and three. These fans who set through an old-fashioned monsoon are being treated to one of the greatest races, perhaps, in Winston Cup Grand National history. Pearson in front, right on his rear bumper. Yarborough's Chevrolet in second. Then the Matador runs third, and Petty stays five car lengths back from that trio, just sitting there in fourth, waiting out the laps. 137 of 200 complete. The battle for fifth position stays a stormy one, as side by side they battle in the back stretch and into turn three. Marcus just keeping the pressure on Buddy Baker. He had been up there in fifth spot a moment ago. Baker gets it back out of the corner. And Marcus just pushes him out of the turn. And Darrell Waltrip falls about three car lengths back. And look at that. He's pushing him down the straightaway. Baker in fifth. Marcus in sixth. Waltrip in the seventh position. A.J. Boyd, who has led a lot of magnificent laps, has fallen out of the race. Let's go down to Kenny Campbell. And here comes 96. Richard Childress is coming back in the race. Richard Childress, who put a fan through the radiator, has replaced it. And this game youngster from Winston-Salem, North Carolina, comes back out here to fight it out at the finish. Here's Childress back on the track. One thing about this grand national competition, they give it everything they've got. And his young chief mechanic, 17-year-old Tim Carver, has finished the work, and here comes Childress back on the track at the present time. Number 90, Richard Brooks, after four laps at least on pit road, is also back out there, and very shortly the leader should be pitting. Ken Campbell, any story on why A.J. Foyt dropped out? No, but it looked like an engine problem. He came by, there was no oil coming from the car, but it was an engine problem, and he parked it for the day. Back to you. A sad one. Richard Childress is back out here. He's laps and laps down. He brought out a caution when he put a fan through the radiator up in turn three. was able to keep the car together when the engine just absolutely buckled on him. Did not blow it and is able to keep going. The battle for fifth is bumper to bumper. Fifteen. 
Buddy Baker is being shoved across the start-finish line by the 71 car of Dave Marcus, and right behind him comes Darrell Waltrip. The front four automobiles come by, and they're beginning to set up for a dramatic finish here today with 141 laps terminated and 200 on the schedule. It's David Pearson seeking his fourth win in the champion spark plug 400 out in front, going second, Kelly Yarborough, who has not won in this race. Bobby Allison, who was victorious in the second battle held on this track in this series, and Richard Petty is now in that fourth spot. Petty, who's won eight grand national races this year, seeking his ninth win, goes up on the outside as if he wants to pass, but you can feel assured that he will not. He'll just sit there and wait this one out and get ready to make the big move at the big moment right at the finish line. Back into lap traffic come the leaders. They're about to overhaul number 91. That's the car of Harold Miller. As they go down into the first turn, they're also overlapping Henley Gray and Jabe Thomas. Like a four-place spacecraft as they line up single file, stick it up on a high racing lane, and David Pearson leads this quartet of wily veterans around this racetrack. If you had to pick experience as a factor, it would be very, very difficult to choose from among those first four the guy most likely to do it on the final lap. Richard Childress is going back behind the wall. He took one lap. Something is still not quite proper, and he wants it back in there. So Chief Wrench Tim Carver goes back to work on that one. 05, David Sisko, ninth place car in the race, is in for tires. And very shortly, the leaders should be pitting. The leaders should be coming in within a lap or two. As they come down out of turn four, it's Pearson first, Kaylee Opero second, Allison makes a move to go up the inside, then draws back behind Kaylee Opero in the first turn. We can anticipate that in the next lap, one of the lead teams will come over the wall with what could be the key pit stop in this race between four top racing crews. David Pearson first, Kaylee Opero second, Allison third, Petty fourth. Here's Allison making a move on the backstretch. The red, white, and blue, black numeral number 16 storms down into turn three. Allison has really been hammering on Cale Yarborough in the corners particularly the last two or three laps. Yarborough get a little bit out of shape coming up in the number four corner and Allison tried to get around the outside a couple of times and they banged a little sheet metal there. They're out of the turn still locked in that four car draft. The 11th place car Terry Bibbins has now pitted. The front four do not come in. The front four stay on again. Cale Yarborough is going for the lead at turn one. Here comes the challenge from Cale Yarborough. He dives down low. Coming out of line to follow him is Bobby Allison. And Allison is door post to door post with David Pearson as Yarborough indeed takes the lead away. Those four cars shuffle themselves around. And now here comes Petty back to the inside. The leader is Yarborough. Allison is right behind him. And Pearson and Petty are door post to door post. Richard Petty is going to go for the lead as they go down the chute. Up the back chute. Richard Petty down to the inside. Had moved around David Pearson. And now Petty. Petty begins to fall back into the bottom of the racetrack. Comes Cale Yarbrough. Allison goes back into the lead, and I guess we'll be seeing Cale come in. He's off the pace. Yarbrough will be the first of the leaders to come in. Allison almost planks it in the wall on the right side as he goes high around Cale Yarbrough, who is pitting. Cale Yarborough is the first of the leaders to pit. Now the clock will be on Yarborough as he brings his machine down. They're working the 146 lap that just completed 145 in the 145th lap. This is a stop under green, right side rubber on car number 11. Let's go to Kenny Campbell. We have some excitement here in the pit area. One of the pit crews has either been hurt or has uh, some physical problem. We'll get a report on it and be back to you in just a moment. Meanwhile, Cale Yarborough is out in 14 and 9 tenths seconds. 14 and 9 for Cale Yarborough as he comes back to speed. Here's Darrell Walker up on pit road. Yar- Yarborough, number 11. 
pits in 14 and 9 tenths seconds. Now we'll watch the battle for among the fifth place cars. Number 88 is in. Number 88 is on pit road, and the Jackman goes to work on the right side of that automobile. J.C. Elder and the crew, Mario Rossi, putting car number 88 through its paces today. Down in turn one, Ken Squire, we've got a new leader as Pearson comes around Allison to take over the top spot. And again, those leaders are all preparing for their pit stops. It's Allison running in the second spot behind Pearson with Petty third. The battle going on right now. Here comes Buddy Baker out of the corner, and Baker is heading for the pits. Here's Baker coming in. In the 145th lap, David Pearson re-takes the lead. Here's Richard Petty, also Ken Squire, coming on pit road. So here comes a key pit stop. Petty is in the STP Dodge, rolling down pit road. We'll watch for this pit stop now. Richard Petty coming in. The crew is ready. Dale Inman, his cousin, who's been with him for 25 years, comes over the wall. His brother, Maurice Petty, and the Level Cross North Carolina team. Wade Thornberry is over. The Jackman has the car in the air. Right side tires are being applied to the STP Dodge. Here's Buddy Baker back to full power. Lap. 148 is where Baker makes his stop. He's underway beautifully. His stop is one of 17 and 3 tenths seconds. We're watching Petty. Beautiful stop on Petty. Richard Petty's time is a 17-5. Here's Allison on pit road. Key stop now for the American Motors Matador. Bobby Allison rolls down. He's pretty well down pit road. He comes in hot, really strong. Gets on the binders. Remember, he is the car running on disc brakes out here, and the only one today. Right side rubber for him, too. Fastest stop thus far has been the 17.5 for Petty. This is under green. They go frantically to work. John Woodward has that crew really steaming down there for Allison. The Matador comes off the blocks. It's back in there. The stop is beautiful. 14 and 9 10 seconds. Allison in 14.9 in lap 148. That's some stop, Barney Hall. That's about as quick as you can get it done. Here's Pearson out of the corner. David looked like he wanted to come in, and there was a car ducking down pit road, and Pearson does not come down. The Wood Boys are ready, but David is getting the pit board now to come in the next lap around. So as the race stands, car number 21, David Pearson's Purolator Mercury, continues to lead. Second place is appropriated by car number 71, Marcus. Marcus should be pitting at any moment. David Pearson is ready to come in. Okay, this is the key stop. The Wood Brothers from Stewart, Virginia, line the wall in those beautiful red, white, and blue uniforms. And that gold-numeraled automobile is about to pull down. This is the one that could decide it all for $100,000 this afternoon. Delano Wood, one of the elder of the Wood Brothers, stands there holding the board. Glenn Wood standing just back behind the wall now. Here's Pearson out of the corner. He has a little slower traffic. He had to back off to let D.K. Elbert cut outside. And here's Pearson on pit road. Leonard Wood, the right front tire man, is ready. Clay Wood is standing by. And the Wood Brothers, the most famous pit crew in the history of motorsport, wait on car number 21. It's there. This is it. Jackman Delano Wood has the car in the air. It's right side rubber, both sides. And they are storming. This looks like another brilliant pit stop. The right front tire is already on. The left front tire, or rather the right rear tire is on. The jack is out from underneath. He's underway in 14 and 8 tenths seconds. The fastest pit stop of the day. 14.8. And back to the attack goes David Pearson. One-tenth of a second picked up by the Wood Brothers over the other 
contenders for the top spot among those four. Yeah. Here's the last year front runners on pit road, Marcus. Harry Hyde's crew is ready to go to work. Harry Lee, his son, the Jack Man, has that car in the air in the K&K Dodge. The last of the leaders to come in. Let's see what they'll do with it. They have set some records for pit stops, but the consistency mark is always rested with the Wood Brothers of Stewart, Virginia. Car number 71 is up. It's down. Tires are changed. This is a good stop, and a good stop here is 16-9. 16-9. Richard Petty has applied the pressure to car number 11. They nearly touched in turn four, Barney Hall. They almost got together a couple of times. Cale has been running real high and cutting down to the groove coming out of that turn, and Cale is really pushing that Holly Farm Chevy. They're still door-to-door, Kent Squire. There is going to be a finish here today at Brooklyn, Michigan, the race fans dream about seeing the superstar, the definitive talent of American motorsport, all combined in one group to decide it right here at the finish line today. On the backstretch of the present time, number 43, Richard Petty is in command. He is pulling away. Number 11, Kaylee Arborough is chasing him down. And then comes number 16, Bobby Allison with a fourth place car, David Pearson. 155 laps are complete. That means 45 laps remaining actually about 44 and a half now as they're working off another lap coming out of turn number four. Petty begins to put the hammer down and he means business here. No Smokey the Bear is looking for him this afternoon. No gumball machines chasing him down. He's just flat on it in turn one. Petty is really flexing the muscle of the STP Dodge. That beautiful fluorescent orange and powder blue glinting in the setting sun back over our shoulder as he really hammers it in trying to run away from Cale Yarborough and Bobby Allison and in seemingly successfully doing so as they come off the second turn and down the back chute he continues to open up that separation let's go to Barney Hall in three well Petty has been saving a lot of strength because he had run back in third and fourth position all afternoon and anytime you break that draft and pull away eight ten twelve car lengths on the other guys who've been running up front with you you've got the horsepower here's Petty out of turn number four he has put Cale Yarborough in the rear view mirror about 15 car lengths back but David Pearson is closing Pearson definitely is moving up. That Purolator Mercury is just percolating here, pulling by automobiles, whipping through traffic, and lap cars down in turn number one. It's become less a test of macho than a test of machinery at this point as everybody's got the hammer down. The leaders are all trying to break away from the draft and, in fact, try to catch Richard Petty. We see K.O. Yarborough pulling away from Bobby Allison and David Pearson masterfully using that traffic to try to gain in fourth spot. Pearson is the only driver who's making any ground on Richard Petty's STP Dodge. Everybody taking an extremely high line through turns three and four. Everybody's almost getting into the wall except Pearson. His car is definitely handling a little better in the corners. Out of the turn, it is still Richard Petty. With 150 laps, 300 miles by, Dan Pearson leading Petty second. That's all changed around. That battle back in the seventh position as 88 Waltrip falling a lap back into eighth goes Bruce Hill into ninth. David Sisko tenth is Dean Dalton and eleventh is the Richie Panch car. The field throttling in for 159 laps complete this time. With 159 complete, rapidly approaching the conclusion of this fantastic automobile race. That lead is anything but firm for Richard Petty. He's in lap traffic by Barney Hall and being slowed up. Richard Petty trapped for a moment in traffic, gets down inside. Buddy Baker drafts off that car. Dave Marcus right behind it for a moment. Petty's getting a little help in these two cars. If he can keep that draft going, but he'd like to just open it up and move away. Down they go into number one turn. As they hit turn 
one. Petty runs up high on the racetrack. Marcus cuts to the inside line, and Buddy Baker is right there on Petty's tail. That may be the biggest test yet of Petty's ability as he just simply horsepowered up behind that two-car draft of fast cars, came around them, and is now beginning to open up the separation down the back stretch as Buddy Baker tries to tack on his tail. Pearson, who was gaining ground a moment ago, is now stabilized just about where he was. He's not making any ground on the leader as Richard Petty is really pouring it on the STP Dodge. Petty up in turn number four. Comes out of the groove. He has a healthy separation now on Cale Yarborough. Here they are, back to complete the 160th lap. Only 40 to go. And Petty is in front. Here comes number 11 in second. Then comes the number 16, third, the 21 and fourth. And there is a bit of interval, which we should be checking off, Frank Wiley. We get an opportunity here. That interval between first and second, as uh, that will be the major story here. They try to catch Richard Petty. Pit stop is good, but not only is pit stop, but he gets on pit road and off pit road faster than anyone else here. And that really is one of the key secrets to be able to get in, get the car stopped, and get it through gear. Just smoke it coming out and pick up that speed again. Well, it definitely is. You know, this uh, Petty, uh, that's one of the reasons why he's the great champion that he is. He is able to, to move around like that and of course uh, you know Pearson working with the Woods brothers, uh, they're no slouch either, so it's going to come down to the wire, it looks like. The battle right now, four cars for the lead, and here comes 21 Pearson closing on 16, Allison going to the first turn. As they hit the first turn, both cars run up high on the racetrack, then cut back down to the inside groove where Pearson only has been able to run successfully. Now the Matador goes slithering and skittering back out toward that outside wall, but David Pearson has definitely run down Bobby Allison from behind and is now in a position to challenge for third places. They come out on the back chute. Pearson moves to the inside. Pearson down on the inside. He's going to move around Bobby Allison and move up a little bit closer to Richard Petty. But Petty with a hammer down on an STP Dodge comes out of the corner. He's working traffic extremely well in those corners. Petty out of the turn. Keeps a good separation on Cale Yarbrough, but David Pearson is on the attack again and seems to be the only car that's making any progress on the leader. Pearson, definitely the story right now, is around Allison. He seems to be the fastest car on the speedway, but he has some making up to do. Jade Thomas is back into the pits, number 98. Richie Pants, who continues to have just a sensational day in this borrowed racer, 11th place car, is also rejoining the hunt. Back to turn one. As the leaders move through turn one, we've been watching Cale Yarborough, and Yarborough is definitely pushing that Holly Farms machine to the absolute limit. He's running it at the very top of the groove, and he's been slithering and skittering and sideways on a couple of occasions down here at one and two, as he was some laps ago in turn four. Cale Yarborough is definitely using every foot of this racetrack to try to hold on to second place. Ken? Let's go to Barney Hall with his battle for the third spot. As they come out of turn number three, Barney, it looks like that Pearson car is going to be challenged again. I think Pearson's probably just waiting a second to kind of see if the draft is going to help him make up any distance because he's looking ahead through the corners and down the backstretch. Petty running all by himself is moving away from everyone else. The draft does not seem to be helping David Pearson. So he's kind of got an idea of just how strong Richard Petty is here in the final laps. Pearson's still in that draft. They're going to be in heavy traffic down the backstretch as Richard Petty continues to put more distance on all the cars behind. Well, here's the story. It's four seconds from first to second as Richard Petty has really put it all together at the closing of this race. David Pearson went 52 laps on the last time around. He can make it easily all the way to the finish from here. So Pearson, the old fox, may have done it again. We'll just have to wait and see. 164 are now complete. Petty is first. 
That second spot is still Kaylee Abaron. We continue to watch that interval between first and second place as it accordions between these two great runners. Petty looking for his ninth win of the season. If he pulls this one off today, his career victories will stand well, like no other driver in history, 173. And the day he hits 200, well, the shout heard will be as great as when Henry Heron went for 700. Here he is, out of turn number four. This 39-year-old veteran of 25 years of competition from Level Cross, North Carolina, in the beautiful Petty Blue STP Red Dodge automobile in front. Then comes the gay colors of car number 11. Looks like a festival going into turn number one on Kayla Yarborough's automobile in that second position. And then the third place automobile is now number 21, the maroon white gold numeral car of the Purillator people with Pearson just putting distance all around the speedway on everyone. He seems to be the quickest. He is making up time and behind him in his draft is car number 16, Allison. They are closing on the leaders at turn three. They're making up a little distance, but Richard Petty is really getting the job done. The car is handling perfect, working, and it always does for Richard Petty toward the latter stages of the race. Richard Petty seems to be the one driver that the car works almost anywhere on the speedway. And Ken, if you have a stopwatch handy, it might be interesting to see just what kind of laps Richard Petty is turning against his qualifying speed here. It's shaking out now. 167 laps are down. Petty is really showing the authority of the STP Dodge. The magic of that Petty crew is coming through loud and clear as it clears away from the remainder of the field. However, Cale Yarborough now finds himself hitched up in a draft as they come by Barney Hall out of turn four. The draft uh, might help him, but it might not, Ken. They're working slower traffic every time around. Cale is linked up with Buddy Baker, but he's trying to break the draft, or he appears to be getting through the corners because he was running about as quick by himself. Nobody seems to be able to catch Richard Petty. I expect Johnny Rutherford, this is what you'd call just flat getting outrun. Well, it, it appears that way. You know, they... Uh, uh, Petty does that. He's he's got everything under control. He doesn't get excited, and he uh, when it chips her down, that's when he comes on strong. And of course, uh, when you're up against Kale Yarbrough and some of these other fellows uh, that are out there bumping heads and trying to grab onto different spots, you've got your work cut out for you. But uh, old King Richard just keeps rolling along. Here he comes, storming once again to complete another lap, and that makes it 170. Number 90, Richard Brooks, who gave it such a good ride earlier, and that fight with Darrell Waltrip is back on pit road. Richard Petty is leading, and his lead continues to extend here now. He is not being caught at the present time, leading by over four seconds. Petty and Pearson's crew say they can go all the way. Kale's crew is riding on the fence. Kale Yarbrough's crew is now saying they may have to pit. It breaks down this way at 160 laps, 320 miles, with Petty's last lap a 46-6. He continues to work away from the field. 46-6, the last lap on Richard Petty coming by. And we'll just check on uh, how quick he's turning those laps out here. A 46-6 on Richard Petty in the 43 is a lap at... 154.51 miles per hour. Uh, slippery track once again. Washed down earlier. Totally changed. And that car just seems to maneuver like none other. 
Petty leading, Kaylee Arborough second. Then at 160, it was Bobby Allison third and Pearson fourth. In fifth at 160, a lap down was car number 15, Buddy Baker. In sixth was number 71, Dave Marcus. In the seventh spot was number 88, which is the Darrell Waltrip car. And in eighth was Bruce Hill in number 47. In ninth, two laps back, number 05, David Sisko. In tenth, Dean Dalton. In eleventh was number 63, Bivens. In twelfth was car number 37, which is the car of Bruce Jacoby. In 13th, three laps back, was Walter Ballard. In 14th was car number 41, which is Grant Adcox. And 15th was number 24, Cecil Gordon. Richie Patch, on these standings, has fallen back. The average speed has risen to only 101.893 miles per hour. 101.893. With all the cautions that we've had today, it's amazing that it's been able to pick up to that mark. One fire in turn one that time. We watched this as David Pearson went around, and he has definitely broken the draft with Bobby Allison. Is moving up to try to link up with K.O. Yarborough. He apparently has opted for what he hopes will be a faster draft, knowing that Richard Petty is continuing to pull away from him. So it's Pearson now who has that big foot on it's the Buddy, wood. Buddy Baker is on pit road. So Baker comes in. That gives car number 71, Dave Marcus, fifth position once again and moves Darrell Waltrip into six. Here's the final stop on the Buddy Baker automobile. It will be for left side tires. This change taking place under green and the organization around Victory Lane begins to congregate as Petty seeking his 174th win in a lifetime that has been sparkled by some of the greatest moments in motorsport. Is out in front running way high up in turns three and four, Barney. He's been running extremely close to the wall. In fact, everybody has up here, Ken, except David Pearson. Pearson is the only one of the top five cars that seems to prefer that center groove. Everybody else is getting right out against the wall. Somebody said in the garage area this morning that Petty has not had a victory now since Daytona. And they figure he doesn't go much between races, maybe one or two, and he's always back in victory lane again. He's got a good shot at putting this one in victory lane this afternoon back to the tower. Baker on pit road for 17 and 9 tenths seconds before he comes back on the track. 17 and 9 tenths seconds for Buddy Baker's last pit stop under green, which comes at lap number 173. He's back underway now. That's a costly stop under green. It's believed that all the other leaders will be able to go home from here. Let's see if anybody else has to come in. There's a question as to whether Kaylee Arborough can make it from here. What a great year Richard Petty is having in the win category. It's been a tragic year in some ways for him, but this great driver and this fantastic team continues to just show their mettle whenever they come to a super speedway. Winner this year at Richmond, Virginia, went on to win Bristol, Tennessee, Atlanta, Georgia, North Wilkesboro, North Carolina, won at Martinsville, Virginia this year, then went to Charlotte and was victorious in the World 600, which he'd never won, went back and won at Riverside, California, went to Daytona Beach and won the Firecrack. 400, which he had never won. Here he is seeking another victory at Brooklyn, Michigan this afternoon. His lead now nearly nine seconds as all of a sudden he's the only thing flying out here. And he is just demolishing the competition at the end. It was building toward one of the great finishes. In the first race, he finished third. In that second run, Richard Petty's effort, he's been here for every race, fell far short. He didn't find himself up in the standings. Then he came back in the 
Yankee 419.71, ran second to Bobby Allison. He was fourth in 1972 in this race. He was the runner-up a year ago to David Pearson in this champion spark plug 400. He's plugging away for another victory, his 174th, as he goes down to turn three. Kent without a caution flag, it looks like it's going to be almost impossible to chase Richard Petty down by either Cale Yarborough or Pearson. However, David Pearson needs to chase Cale Yarborough down to get that second spot, and he's been gaining a little ground the last three or four laps around on Cale. They're up in the number three corner right now. Yarborough out against the wall, and Pearson is just about 15 car lengths back. Pearson... Here is Pearson out of turn number four, and Barney, the handle is still on that automobile. It may be that car number 11, Kelly Arborough's car, has lost a little bit of the handle that it had earlier, but Pearson definitely is still in it. Kale's been running awful loose in the corners. He's, he's almost having to power slide the automobile a little bit, getting in particularly three and four. The car's getting right up against the wall. He's having to get out of the throttle a little bit earlier. That's one reason that he's lost so much ground on Richard Petty, but Pearson is definitely closing on Kale. David Pearson is running 12 seconds back in the third position and trying to close with less than 25, with 24, 23 and a half laps now remaining in the event. Petty is in front. Here's Grant Edcox, number 41, very gingerly coming out of pit road. Coming in for a stop, Adcock in the 41 car. The leaders coming by. And really, the close here, it's car number 11 and 21. The battle for the second position. The 21 car of David Pearson is closing on car number 11, Kaylee Arborough at the first turn. As they move through turns one and two, we again see the evidence of Yarborough's possible handling problems. He's doing a lot of skidding around as he moves through the banking, and David Pearson, with a very good handle on the Purolator Mercury, is definitely reeling him in by a couple of car lengths a lap. It's going to be a race with the clock as they go for the finish line. So the race right now on the speedway is between car number 11, Kale Yarborough, and car number 21, David Pearson, coming out of turn four by Barney Hall. Kale's efforts being for the moment by Dave Marcus. Cale trying to get around. Marcus chopped him off in that third corner, and this allows Pearson to chop it down about two more car lengths. Pearson now about 15 car lengths back as they ride for turn one. Into that first turn, Pearson is still closing ground. Petty still reaching out here with car number 43. After that final pit stop, he just throttled wide open. And in turns one and two, Pearson is closing again. Pearson puts a great big metal bullseye on the back end of Cale Yarborough's car and pulls the trigger as he goes down out of turn two and down the long back chute. Yarborough continues to have problems, cannot get around Dave Marcus as they move to turn three. Cale Yarborough chases Dave Marcus in the number three corner. Pearson now 12 car lengths back. He picked up about a three car link advantage going down the and again, Yarborough is right on the bumper. There will be heavy traffic coming out of turn four. Pearson will close the gap even more. Here's Pearson working up as Dean Dalton goes to the outside of Almo Langley with James Hilton on the inside. The leaders are having to hit the brakes in the first turn. There's no place to go. Yarborough almost bought it right there. He just about caught the back end of Elmo Langley's car. It was an opportunity for him to go by Marcus, and instead it almost turned into an opportunity to do a repeat on that Cuckoo Marlin number into the outside wall. Yarborough gets it all gathered back up again, but in the meantime, Pearson continues to close as they go down the chute. Pearson works his way around James Hilton's car in the backstretch and still in the number three corner. It is Cale Yarborough riding back to the draft with Dave Marcus. As Pearson continues to close, he is 10 car lengths back as they hit turn number four. 
it. Pearson is there. Knocking on the door and turns one and two for second place. Yarborough has made the move and is around Dave Marcus. Marcus now trying to come back to the inside. And that's a key battle because as they get side by side, they slow down and Pearson continues to eke away at the lead. Marcus is back along. A fender ahead of Keo Yarborough. Now Yarborough comes back as Pearson watches it off from the best seat in the house. Let's go, let's go to Kenny Campbell uh, for just a moment. I've talked to the crew chiefs on the three uh, leading cars. Junior Johnson said that they're going to try to make it all the way. Dale Inman of the Petty Car said it's going to be mighty close, but they're going to try it all the way. And Glenwood's comment is, I'd rather not say what we'll do. Back to the tower. So there is a question if the front three cars can make it all the way to the finish here in the champion spark plug 400. You know, probably more people know the name A.J. Foyt in more kinds of racing than any other name in the sport. So naturally, when A.J. talks about cars and engines, people listen. Here's what he has to say about his motor oil. Being race cars and racing today, I think motor oil plays probably a bigger part than uh, just about your fuel or anything else. And the reason I say this is because you have extreme temperatures in race cars, which on normal highway driving you don't have. And this is one thing I can say about Vaveline oil. It really don't break down the oil pressure drop, and it will stand the heat at 260, 270 degrees all day long. A.J. Foyt runs on Valvoline racing oil, and he's not alone. More professional race drivers at Indy, on major drag strips, on road race courses, run on Valvoline racing oil than any other brand. They've proved that Valvoline can take the punishment. Prove that Valvoline can take it in your car, too. There's a Valvoline motor oil for every kind of car, every kind of driving. Valvoline, a product of Ashland Oil, a growing worldwide company. 180-lap rundown for 360 miles. Petty first, Kaylee Arborough second, David Pearson third. And that battle there, that Kaylee Arborough car is getting skitterish around the speedway. The fourth-place car is Allison in the same lap. A lap back in fifth is Dave Marcus. In sixth is Darrell Waltrip. Two laps back in seventh is car number 15, Buddy Baker, with eighth, number 05, David Sisko. Then running in ninth is number 47. That's Bruce Hill. Running in tenth is Dean Dalton. And there's the battle for second place going into turn one. At the first turn, cars, numbers 11 and 21 are tangling for the second position. And it's a struggle indeed as Yarborough again skates up high on the racetrack. Pearson ducks to the inside, but Dave Marcus is right there. He continues to be a very big factor in that race for second place. Yarborough tucks on Marcus Bumper, now goes to the outside. Wedges right up against the concrete, and Pearson will try to get by with him as they move to turn three. Every race driver in this business will say that Cale Yarborough is one of the toughest drivers to get around, whether he's battling for position or whether he's just battling to stay in the race. And right now, David Pearson has his work cut out if he can get around Cale. They're in turn number four. He is one car length back and Yarborough gets a little fish tailing for a moment. Pearson couldn't find anywhere to go. He's still locked on his bumper at the start finish line. Cale Yarborough touches the number 71 car and down the inside goes the 21 car. David Pearson is on his way. Pearson cuts to the inside as Yarborough indeed sideswiped Dave Marcus and now they're three deep. Yarborough at the top. Pearson is inside him. Marcus is down there a lap car there, and it's going to be a shootout. The lap car is Hill, and he is literally blown off as they come off turn two. Yarborough survived it. Yarborough remains in second place. Pearson is there, but they have both moved around Dave Marcus. Pearson may get his chance at turns three and four. That's where Cale is running awfully loose and getting extremely high in the corner. They're up in turn three. Pearson just one car length back. Cale goes right out against that guardrail. Pearson just stays back there, locked on his bumper. They'll work traffic again coming out of the corner. Down to Across the line, this battle for second place. Cale Yarborough lapping Grant Adcox and Dean Dalton going into the first turn and dragging right along with him, David Pearson. 
as they hit turn one. This time it's Nick Brooks who represents the lap car that is there. And it's the same kind of problem. And again, here comes Marcus back on the inside, opting for the lower groove. Yarborough pinned up against the concrete. Pearson has nowhere to go but remain right behind Yarborough. And Marcus has moved up alongside. They try to get around Dick Brooks as they come out on the backstretch. Yarborough is passed, and here comes Pearson. David Pearson, one car length back to Kale Yarborough. He'll have to fix this one carefully to get around. Down to the inside, and this is where Pearson may make his move. He comes to the inside groove. Kale gets high. He may get him coming out of the corner. He's up alongside of Kale Yarborough, but Marcus is alongside David Pearson, three deep out of turn four. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the word is, with less than 12 laps to go, Richard Petty may have to pit. Here's car number 43 coming across. He's picked himself up about an eight-second lead. That's no lead at all. He has now picked himself up more than nine seconds, they say, and he's extending that. But back here in second place comes car number 11, Kaylee Arborough, and moving up on the inside is number 21, the Pearson car. It'd be interesting to know what those crew chiefs are concerned with down there now, the Wood Brothers and the Junior Johnson crew, because that's where it will be decided. Up in the turn, car number 21, David Pearson has made his move. Pearson going to second place. Pearson in car number 21, holding on to second out of turn two, Dave Despain. As they come down the back chute, Pearson rides in second spot. He made the move going into one, simply stuffed it under Yarborough's Chevrolet, drove right on by him. Marcus could not get by, but he continues to be a factor. It's Pearson and Ben Yarborough running second and third. Again, I was just looking down in Richard Petty's pits, and Dale Inman is walking off an awful lot of shoe leather up and down through the pits as Petty continues to tool around the lead out there. Cale Yarborough sideways crashes into Dave Marcus. Cale Yarborough has crashed. He's sliding, spinning. Marcus is going into the outside wall of the main straightaway. Caution is on. I don't believe either car made contact with anything. Cale is sliding in the mud and down there now and uh, spinning around. Dave Marcus has regained control and is carrying on. They made contact with each other, I believe, they, uh, Barney Hall. They did get together just a little bit. They both broke loose coming out of the corner, and they were just sliding, brushing each other, but no real hard contact, Ken. It was just a slide against each sheet metal against sheet metal down that straightaway back to the tower. Johnny Rutherford. Yes, this will move David Pearson up now. If they send out the caution car, it will move David right up to uh, position on Petty. So it will be interesting to see what does happen now. This is going to be it for all the marbles. The caution car will be coming on as we have a yellow light on the speedway. A wild 800-foot slide down the main straightaway. Exercise by car number 11, Cale Yarborough, in the fifth place car, number 71, Marcus. Ken, it looked as though Marcus was the first car to break loose and kind of tag Cale a little bit is what, what it looked like coming out of the corner. Well, both going to bring Pearson in. This is it. They may pit Pearson right here. Here's Petty coming in also. Petty is Petty. David Pearson may be pitting. Richard Petty is on pit road. This is the one they need. Just atop the tank, Petty goes down by the Purolator pits. He comes to a stop. It's going to be decided right at the finish line. Here comes 21. Pearson is coming in. Petty, right side of the car, is up. They're changing tires on Richard Petty's number 43. The race is under caution. Allison has taken the lead. Down, they're going all the way around. Four tires on Petty's car. Nine laps to go in the race. Four tires on Pearson's car. Both of the Giants are changing all four tires. A standing ovation 
for car number 43 as Petty goes back on the track. A standing ovation for the Wood Brothers as that crew puts number 21 back out there again. Field gets ready to resume. Safety car coming down. Safety car pulls in. Getting ready to put the green flag out. They are underway. Field rolls out of turn number four. Petty in front. Here comes Pearson after him. With five laps to go and they cross the stripe, this will decide it all. They're to the line. There goes 21 up on the outside, and the battle is on in turn one. They're going to roll all the dice as they hit turn one. Richard Petty moves up high. David Pearson tucks in right behind him, and that big separation that we saw earlier is all history. We're going to decide it in five laps. The separation now is one-half car length as Richard Petty and David Pearson, the two biggest winners of all time, come off the second turn and head down the backstretch. Richard Petty whistles down the back straightaway, but here comes Pearson putting the charge. On. Pearson goes to the inside. They hit turn number three, backs off momentarily, and Petty keeps just one car length separation on Pearson. Back in third spot is Bobby Allison. He is also in the same lap. He is six car lengths back. Out of the turn, the STP Dodge. One car length ahead of David Pearson. Here comes Pearson back into the main straightaway. Pearson ready to go. At the finish, it will be between these two once again. Allison, however, could be a factor. There goes Pearson in the bottom of the racetrack. Pearson dives down low into turn one, and they are side by side. They've actually got a racing lane between them. As Pearson goes all the way to the bottom, Petty goes all the way to the top, and they are almost together as they come off the second turn. Pearson makes the pass. Petty wedges the spoiler right up under Pearson's rear deck angrily, as if to say, I shouldn't have let you do that, and they go drafting down the chute. You could squeeze an orange between the bumpers of those two cars down the backstretch that time. Pearson hits. It's turn number three. Petty, one car length back, just the reverse of that last position around. In the corner, they have opened up a 12-car separation on third-place runner Bobby Allison as David Pearson and Richard Petty feel each other out out of the turn. Here's Petty, down to the inside. Petty and Pearson are setting up for a classic finish again here at Michigan. Pearson leading by just about five feet going into the turn. They have three laps to go. They hit that 18-degree banking. Cale Yarborough moves up on the rear deck of Bobby Allison. That's the battle for third and fourth, and it's every bit as right now as the lead draft which finds David Pearson just one car length ahead of Richard Petty as that burgundy and white Euralator Mercury leads the STP Dodge down the chute. The fates of racing totally unreal. About ten laps ago it looked like Richard Petty had a surefire victory. A caution flag came out and now Petty finds himself chasing David Pearson up in the banking in turn number four. He is still one car length back. Will he make his move this time? Out of the turn. Pearson. Here's Petty down to the inside. He may get him this time. As they come back to the strike, there are side-by-side. Side. It is Richard Petty on the inside. On the outside is the car number 21. They're wheel-to-wheel with two to go. Pearson has been using the high line every time through this turn, as has Petty. This time, Petty is forced low, and he can't handle it. He has to go back to the outside of the racetrack, and Pearson opens up a car-like separation. Petty tried the inside line, and it did not work, and that could be a factor a lap from now. They come off the second turn just to dig, and David Pearson leads the way. They could well need a camera to get the finish of this one. Down the back stretch, and in turn number three, Richard Petty still one car length back. Pearson sits in the center of the groove. Petty locked in on that draft. He cannot afford to make a mistake, neither driver. They have now moved back about 15 car lengths, and Cale Yarborough has moved back up into third position. Allison is back and forth. The leader's out of the corner. Here comes Petty down on the inside. One lap to go. The white flag is out. David Pearson is in front. Richard Petty is in second. This is it for the decision in this $100,000 battle. Both cars go high to the outside wall. Pearson begins to open it up a little.
little bit. There's a car length between them as Penny moves up very, very high on the racing lane. Now cuts back, wants to go to the inside. Pearson cutting up, squaring off the second turn. Comes off. They, Richard Petty moves right up on his rear deck. He will not make the move as they go down the back stretch. They'll have no help coming down the back stretch or in the front stretch. There's no slow traffic in front. Here's Pearson down to the number three corner. Petty one car length back. Pearson eases out against the wall in turn three. And he gets a little bit high. Down to the inside comes Richard Petty. David got a little bit high in the corner. They're door to door out of the fourth turn and moving to you, Ken Squire. Here they come to the side at all. Petty is on the inside. He pulls up. Pearson moves back. Petty is one. And he waves as he comes across the line. He wins by five feet. Richard Petty has won the champion spark plug 400. 1975 NASCAR championship race. It's over. It's history. And the winner is Richard Petty. The STP Dodge has won it. Richard Petty has defeated David Pearson right at the finish line. And now let's go down for the celebration in victory lane with Ken Campbell. Richard Petty is pulling the beautiful number 43 up on the platform here, and he'll be out in just a moment for his 173rd career victory. And what a close one it was. We were standing where we could see a direct line to the starting line, and it was less than five feet. He's coming out of the car now, and we'll talk to Richard Petty and have him for our listeners in just a moment. Richard, we got radio. Richard? Bob, here. Richard taking a drink of cola here after a hot afternoon. Richard, congratulations on one of the closest I've ever seen. Did you think it would come out that way? Well, I was trucking along there with about 10 laps to go, and I said, man, we got this made. All we got to do is finish the race. And then they had a cost, and I said, oh, me, you know, and uh, David, uh, me and David run pretty good. I think I could probably outrun him today. And anyhow, uh, that last lap, he made a slip up there. I pushed him in the corner as hard as I could go, and he went in as hard as he could, and he made a little bit of a slide, and when he did, I was able to duck down and beat him to the left. Do you think that was the uh, the real deciding factor on probably five feet you beat him by here? Well, yeah, if he hadn't made the slide, it would have been real tough, you know what I mean, but he did make the slide, and we did win, and we would have won anyway if they hadn't had a last cost. Congratulations to you, Richard Petty, and when he said it would have been close if David hadn't slid, and it was only five feet as it was, what would have happened? And back to you in the tower. Richard Petty waving to the crowd now. The all-time champion of American stock car racing. 25 lead changes among 13 drivers today. Richard Petty is victorious. Second is David Pearson. Third is Cale Yarborough with a great comeback in number 11. And finishing fourth is car number 16, Bobby Allison. In fifth was car number 71. Across the line, the Dave Marcus automobile. The average speed, 107 miles per hour. Took three hours, 43 minutes, five seconds. Two-hour, 12-minute rain delay. Richard Petty has won. The champion, Sparkplug 400, Ken Squire, good afternoon. Motor Racing Network Classics is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina. Remember to visit MRN.com for all the latest news and information. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.